Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Many, 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 You are listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. Next out, go listen to some boring podcast where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay, don't listen to Joe Lanza because Joe Lanza's not changing. And Rich Cranch. Who delivers this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. In the big spot, who delivers better than this guy? Stop yelling at me. I agree. All right, welcome again to the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast. I'm Rich Cranch, and as referenced in NoDQ.net and WrestlingNews.co, Mr. Joe Lanza. Joe, how's it going? What the fuck is that? WrestlingNews.co, they, they gave a hat tip to NoDQ.net for uh, referencing your uh, your topic. So I want to give you the proper credit for WrestlingNewsWithAZ.co. Uh, dropping Forbes, dropped a little hat tip to NoDQ.net for WrestleZone.com and WrestlingNews.co for referencing your uh, your podcast last week. So. Why can't you just <laughs> give the proper credit where it's due and announce me as as quoted by the highly respected Forbes magazine, Joe Lanza. Why? But they, why? well, because they had tipped NoDQ.net for your quote. So Nobody is it really yours? Is it really yours if the hat tip goes somewhere else, Joe? Is it really yours? Listen. Because NoDQ.net got the hat tip there, buddy. So nobody cares about NoDQ.net or whatever you're talking about. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. All I know is I was quoted in the, the highly respected. Forbes Matt. Was it Forbes magazine? Uh, it was the Forbes website, and there's no link to the podcast, but the yeah. highly respected <laughs> Forbes magazine. No, it's not the magazine, it was the website. Once again, you've got to try to knock me down a couple pegs. No, I'm just not trying to give you the proper recognition that no, I deserve. I'm giving no DQ.net the proper recognition because they gave WrestlingNews.co your they WrestlingNews.co said that you said something via Reddit, and I'm trying to give everybody the credit because that's how we do it things in wrestling. You know, instead of just the first person getting credit and of course just saying, oh, per Voices of Wrestling or per Joe Lanza, it's, you know, per hat tip, whatever, to NoDQ.net for saying that Voices of Wrestling's Joe Lanza said this. So, you know, I'm just trying to trying to make sure this whole, you know, the, everybody gets their, their proper due. That's not all about you. It's about NoDQ.net as well. They do. They no, put I, 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 first of all, pal, <laughs> it is all about me. <laughs> That's number one. Number two, I can't even get a proper introduction around here. Number three, I understand you got beef with all these sites, not crediting us. You're on a, you're on like a Twitter rampage, just burying everybody mm-hmm. because they don't know how to provide a proper link. Okay, I get it. It's frustrating. But with all that said, I deserve a proper introduction, and I am quoted in the prestigious GQ magazine or with Forbes magazine. Forbes. Forbes. It's not the magazine; it's the website. But anyway, keep going with the magazine part. Forbes. That's yeah, that's right. Forbes magazine. <laughs> a, highly, a highly respected financial journal, from mm-hmm. what I understand. Okay, so just like when BBC among the finest, among the among, finest, the, the, the finest, from what I understand. Okay, so just like 
when the BBC comes to Joe Lanzo and they want the big scoop, okay, when they want the straight dope on a topic, the number one financial publication in the world comes to Joe Lanza when he needed a hot quote. So, listen, you can take your your uh, your little feud there you got going with all your little <laughs> news zone sites, okay? That Don't bury the lead here, okay? And that lead is Joe Lanza was quoted by Forbes, <laughs> Forbes Magazine, okay, Val? That's the lead. Uh, uh, and it's unbelievable. You know, all I ask is that you give me the proper monikers that I deserve, all six of them, and you no, don't give more, me any. It's way more than six. It's way more than six. We need to do a roll call? We do a roll call. It's at least eight at this point. I am the king of banter, okay? That is widely recognized worldwide. Um, I am the most compelling voice in wrestling media, one which you refuse to say, and I can't understand why. I am a very reasoned and well-explained man. Are you going to argue with Galazzo Dan of Twitter.com? Oh, that never. I am a re- no, no, no. That one I will never, ever disagree with. Well, well, okay then. So I don't think there's any reason why you can't say, you know, uh, that I that that I am quoted by Forbes magazine and add that to my list of my I don't understand. You know, you can even you even say all the monikers, but that's the one I wanted this week. And you got to play your rich Krejci games. You got to be secretly sassy, and people wonder why we're doing split shows. That you, <laughs> you know, they, they can wonder no more. Because like you did a tease. I, I didn't listen to your part before I recorded mine because we recorded them like an hour apart or whatever. So, or, or you know, like thirty minutes apart or whatever. I was already recording while you were still, you know, saving yours or whatever. But apparently, I said like, "Oh, we'll be back next week," and then like back to normal. And apparently, you had referenced that like you and I were feuding, and maybe this would never be the return ever again. So, um. well, if you if you would take, if you would take the time, <laughs> no, I, didn't, actually, I was recording while you were saving it. If you would take the time to actually listen to the art that I produce, yeah. okay. You have known. I was too busy telling you how to save a, a, an MP3, so that was... Uh... That I did nothing of the sort, okay? <laughs> I did nothing of the sort. I squashed what surely would have been rumors that occur every time there was some sort of split show. I did not enhance those rumors, sir. I squashed them immediately and let people know that there was no issue because, you know... But who knows? Listen, you, you, listen you're secretly sassy no more. I mean, you're just sassy, Rich Krejci. Okay, if you're no DQ dot net or whatever the hell, you, you, you were all you were, you were all over these people today, and I, I I understand that their webmaster had a bone to pick with you. Is that do you still call that a webmaster? Uh, I think you still could. Yeah, I, I don't. Editor is now the the more cool term to call. Like you know, especially if you run a blog. Like I, I wouldn't necessarily consider myself the webmaster of Voice of Wrestling or the the editor. Well, but I guess if you do both, if if you just work on the website, uh, that's one thing. But I don't think. Uh, the well, the no, well, the no DQ site looks like a like an angel fire site or something. It does, yeah. So I told him he, to update his. <laughs> we can call him a webmaster. Oh uh, yeah, because because of the way he his website looks, yes, I would call him the webmaster. And but here's the thing: didn't he indeed? You know, he didn't. Is, didn't he in fact have a link in the article? Uh, you, he embedded it after I called him out on it. So oh, he did. I don't know, if you count that as as, so, as giving credit, is me calling you out and then you putting an embed in there? I then, wasn't sure. I wasn't following Linkgate, okay, pal? So yeah. I don't know. All I know is I saw him coming to the mentions and, and kind of uh, <laughs> uh, suss you, as I, they like to say, because there was, in fact, a link. But you contend mm-hmm. that he embedded the – the, oh, uh, I don't contend. I know for a fact. You, you contend that he, uh, that, he, that he inserted that after the fact because he made it out like it was there all along. Right. There's no DQ man. 
What was the no DQ man's name? Um, are we uh, are, Aaron. Are, Aaron, I believe, was his name. So, so or we could just refer to him as no DQ man, no like DQ man, uh, yeah, like Aki man, yeah, <laughs> or our pal TMZ man. You know, oh, yeah, you yeah. know, yes, but uh, but but yes. Yeah, so uh, I have no beef with TMZ man. By the way, I, I had a lot of beef with TMZ man a couple weeks ago, but but it's just now I just have to call him TMZ man. I mean, as as it has to be referred to henceforth, you know. But anyway, no DQ man. You know, he contends that the link was there all along. If you read the uh, read his tweet, there he's like, uh, I, he's like, I got you embedded, pal. What more do you want? You know, and uh, he says you were very rude to him. But um, <laughs> well, what what is nodq.net? What is this thing? They that's just a that. news site. It, they, it's just a here's what Dave wrote in the Observer. Here, you know, now we <laughs> they do their they do their updates on Wednesday nights. After the exactly, episode. yeah, they do the uh, per you know uh, in this week's Wrestling Observer per WrestleZone.com. <laughs> Dave Meltzer says like that ah. is just a, I, oh my god, it, it, it makes my blood boil. And, and that like for people that don't know what we're talking about is is Joe last week on the show you talked a lot about um you know other wrestlers coming to Cody Rhodes. And we're gonna talk about Cody Rhodes a lot. It's gonna be the this, this I hope if Cody Rhodes listens to one episode any episode ever. And gets mad at us and subtweets us, which he does it more times than not. This, I hope, is the episode that he listens to and subtweets us because this, you know, I think he's gonna be happy with uh, what we got to say about that. But you were talking about how other wrestlers have been reaching out to him or whatever, and people started reporting that. It got onto Reddit, uh, our, our good friends at 41 Mania, who were nice enough to, to link us because Larry's a good man and, and not a piece of crap. Um, they started reporting that, that you had said this or whatever on, in, on, on the podcast, which is fine. That, that, that's cool. I mean, go throw a link down there. That's fine. You know, you can say whatever. And thankfully, they actually got the quote mostly right. They didn't add the dick tease part that you put in. You know, I thought it was, funny. The I thought it was funny that all of these entities. <laughs> they got it exactly right, but I decided the dick tease part was, eh, you know what? That, that wasn't really in the quote. That was. You know, I'm a fa- you know what? I changed my mind. You know what? The hell with Forbes. Because if you're not going to quote Joe Lanza, Pr- word uh, for fucking word. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Then I don't need your quote. I don't need the dot 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 in place of <laughs> dick tease. I clearly said dick tease last week. And quite frankly, there's nothing word wrong with the phrase dick tease. This is an adult program, Rich. Could you what imagine the, allowing children to listen to this? Yeah, no, God, no. Could you imagine allowing children to listen to this? So I don't appreciate Forbes. You know what? I take back everything. Forget that moniker. I don't want it anymore. If, if Forbes can't quote me properly, I don't, I don't, I don't want to well, be. Well, because uh, NoDQ.net didn't quote you properly, because WrestlingNews.co didn't quote, quote you properly. And this is the issue that I have is, is you know, instead of linking to yeah, other, you know news what, sites, you got a good, you make a good point. Forbes right. is back in. Forbes is back in. Okay, because they, they're not. Listen, it's not their fault. It's the <laughs> webmaster from NoDQ.co. No, it's not his fault because he got it from WrestlingNews.co. Well, I, okay, and I couldn't well, find out where they got it from. So if that guy, the webmaster of that place, it's his fault, right? Because <laughs> right. But I, I saw the dot, dot, dot in other places. I mean, just, you know, quote me or don't quote me, okay? Listen, Joe Lanz is not changing. You could X out and go listen to some boring podcast, right? That's what the intro says. I'm going to use a phrase like dick tease, and I want to be properly quoted, you know? Is that too much to ask? No, all, no, no. all I want is to be properly quoted and to have a proper introduction on this show. And it's amazing. I just, you know... I wasn't all. I wasn't annoyed when I came on the line. I was in a good mood. I was fresh from a nap. You know, I'm I'm getting ready to do <laughs> that was audio. Sure, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, but I'm a professional. Okay, I come ready to play. Okay, but you know, I, I was ready to go here. Talk a little wrestling. You know, keep it lighthearted. Keep the it grabs, fun. The grabs. Talk a little grabs. Yeah, talk yeah. about some grabs. You got to fire me up. <laughs> I don't understand. So yeah, about this Roman Reigns. No, got to mute <laughs> my phone that. here too. But you know, um. What is this? This is breaking news. Oh, we got. Is it about the grabs? 
Please continue to be silent. That's great radio. Please. Uh, no voice in radio. Please don't talk. That'd be great. Okay. It is not breaking news. Oh, all right. Is it news? <laughs> is it anything? Is it? No, no. Just can, can, you may continue. Oh, okay, okay. So we're good. Okay. But yeah, no. Basically, if you want to, I, and it's it's a thing with wrestling media for for whatever reason. I, I use the term kind of lately because there are there are a few people that are doing it well, and then there's you know everybody else that is just copying and pasting stuff that other websites put or that you know the Wrestling Observer said this. So all of our articles are just either tweets embedded or whatever Dave said on wrestling observer radio or whatever Dave said on wrestling observer newsletter. And that's it. And it's just regurgitated over and over and over. And you don't even listen to the initial thing. And then it just, it turns into that telephone. Like you're saying, like you put Dixie's in there, but nobody that reported on it or nobody that ever listened to it because they never got a link to it. It was just continuous of, Oh, Jolanta says this copy paste. Boom. There we go. There's my piece. And, and then they're hat tipping the other website that have tipped the other. It's just like this ungodly, just, just link to the primary source for God's sakes, read the primary source. I mean, I, I it, it's, I get angry about it, and there are guys like, you know, we had Cubs fan, obviously, who, who runs LuchaBlog.com, coming to our mentions and was like, hey, if you can figure this out, let me know. I mean, guys like that, guys that actually report news, like a Dave Meltzer or, or, or a Cubs fan, must just be infuriated by that. It's like, well, you know, instead of just saying, you know, per WrestleZone.com, LuchaBlog.com says this it's like just go to LuchaBlog.com and just link them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's 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 ridiculous. I don't get why that's been acceptable for for as many years as it has in, in wrestling Any- media, but. Anytime we have news now, I'm going to make sure I fill it with profanity-laced phrases. Yeah, to see who actually fucking listened and who just copy and pasted from, you know. I have to stick dot, dot, dot in place of my <laughs> words. I enjoyed that. Uh, but, but yeah, so, um, you know, for, so am I mad at Forbes or not? What am I supposed to do here? Uh, no, you can be okay with them. They're pretty cool. They are, you know, you know they are the leading financial publication uh, in the world, and I was quoted by them. Did you mm-hmm. know that? Uh, I've heard, yeah, that's... I might bring that up once or twice. That's fine. Yeah, I heard it's on a news wrestle dot. I don't know. I'm just making up sites now. Okay. <laughs> Let's, we got a ton, ton to talk about today. So uh, we got uh, WTLC. We're going to preview that uh, briefly, I hope. Hey, you know, fi- fi- that, you know that, that, that fly-by-night organization, Figure 4 Weekly uh, <laughs> slash WrestlingObserver.com confirmed the story. They did. They did. I'm sure with full credit to you, <laughs> of course, as they, as they are wont to do. At that website is give credit to. Hey, listen, uh, I got I got no beef with uh, Big DVM, you know. No, 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 not at all. He just can we call he, him Big DVM? Yeah, we're no, we're on that. We're I, I just call him I call him D, you know, DM D, you know, we're we're on that sort of basis now. Oh, DM. Uh, or what would you say? Would you call him Big Davy M? Big Big Davy M? Can I call yeah. him? That? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah, we're on that that sort of basis with him. What about the Alvarez? Can I call him the? Alvarez? Uh, I don't think Brian Alvarez cares about you. I, I have no relationship with. I don't Alvarez. know if he knows you exist or that. No, no. Exists. I mean, I have brief conversations with him, but he has no clue who. Yeah, I he am. showed you where the fire exit was, right? Or he, he didn't uh, show you. He didn't know where the fire exit. No, was. he did not know where the fire exit was. In fact, <laughs> he was on his cell phone, and probably if that building would have really been on fire, would still be there and would have died of smoke inhalation. He was, yeah, he didn't seem to be in much of a hurry to get out of there. Um, <laughs> but but he was wearing a he was wearing a suit jacket with the uh, patches on the elbow, like a like oh a, like, a, like a professor, like, a, like yeah, a, like, a, like, like a cool a, professor, <laughs> like a ninth grade uh, you know algebra teacher. He had the, you know, like the patches on the elbow, you know. Chico, Chico or, going all out with the professor look, the yeah, yeah, I, society I, look. That's nice. All right. Yeah, yeah, it was, you know, I gotta say, like I'm not a man who likes a, a sport coat with the patches on the elbow, but. I can't really rip them. You know, it wasn't a horrendous. Well, yeah, it was kind of horrendous. You're at a, you're at a wrestling show, man. What are you doing? You know, I, I don't know. But, no, it's so um, classy. I like to look classy when I go to wrestling shows, too. A lot of well, people. He had, well, he had his long hair then. So he had like the long hair and the elbow patch sport coat. 
and the genes. So he was like the cool professor, you know? He was like, you know, your, your professor that uh, he don't care if you come to class, right? He's like, look, man, we're all free. You know, that's the kind right. of professor he was. He makes you feel bad for missing class. He's like, look, I, you can you can miss class, but if you want to be not enlightened or if you don't want to learn this, you know, I, I'm not going to pressure you to, to to learn this info. But I mean, you know, like like he's not he's not the one that's going to write you up for it, but he's going to tell you how disappointed he is and how you're disappointing yourself by not coming. Like one of those guys. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was really my fault for asking him if the building was really on fire during the fire law, because how would he know? You know, but I figured, look, he's a go to man for wrestling information. Right. And yeah, it cuts it down I, the middle, you know, it cuts it straight. He's a straight shooter. He's going to give you the, the info. One of the preeminent names in wrestling uh, inside news, you know, so <laughs> well, I, I maybe, heard at that a, time. maybe at that time, I heard, Less I heard a fire alarm going off and I saw one of the preeminent names in wrestling so uh, journalism there. And I said, I said, hey, look, man, is this building really on fire? And he said, I don't know. And I said, are we all going to die? And he said, I don't know either. And then that was it. That was my <laughs> one interaction ever with Brian Alvarez. But uh, Big Davey M, you know, we're kind of tight. He confirmed my story. So there you go. And, you know, I, I don't – do you think he'd put the dot, 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 or would he put dick tease? you think he's a dick tease kind of guy or – Oh, he would throw the dick tease in there for sure. I think he would because he famously quoted Ronda Rousey and said, <laughs> I, was about to, I was just about to bring that one up. You yep. fuck with my family, you fuck with me. So it's like. <laughs> but that's with no context. I love no my favorite tweet in the history of Twitter. I mean, that Twitter is an absolute cesspool, but that is the one good thing about Twitter is that tweet because it's just, it's just at Dave Meltzer, you know, W O N, and it just says, fuck with my family and you're fucked. Yeah, yeah, you with no me. context, you nothing else. It just says that, and you're fucked. Yes, he did not quote tweet himself. He yeah, not, there's not quote on it either. It just looks like Dave said that. You know, it's if right. you fuck with my family, you're fucked. So yeah, yeah, he didn't reply to himself. Nothing. <laughs> it was like Dave. Dave at least knows how to quote tweet now because he quote tweets everybody. Yes, yeah, he has to answer think, at least eight questions about the screw job every single day. So. But the only function he knows, like he doesn't know how to just like reply. He, he or block. <laughs> he just quote tweets everyone. But back then, he didn't even have to do that. Like he he just it was just a series of tweets. So yeah, that and the, the Hogan Jabroni Mark tweet. I mean, those are just the, the two best tweets wrestling Twitter has to offer. I mean, it it, it doesn't top either one of those. All right, but as I mentioned, plenty to get to today. We got WTLC, uh, ROH Global Wars, a show that I attended live. We got some big topics about, you know, we'll talk about that show and then talk about some big picture stuff uh, regarding that. There's obviously the Roman Reigns Cody R tweet exchange that we uh, definitely are going to have to talk about here. A little bit about the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame, the Japan candidates. We want to go over that. A little bit about upcoming New Japan shows, some good stuff on the way. Uh, and then our much anticipated bounce around the Indies. So we have that coming up. As well, and, and, and what do you and what do you mean if Cody R listens? Isn't it obvious that he's no? I mean he does, right but now? I don't. Does he listen every week, or does he just come to the weeks that like we bash him and get mad? All right, look, if he's in Japan or something, I don't know if he has time to listen, but I think there's no question he listens. Anytime we disparage the man, he we get under his skin. He's gotten to, and he goes on Twitter and has to tweet about it. I mean, right. it's well, obvious. I hope he listens this week because this week we're about to to, to throw roses. Well, in, we, so. we, listen, we've put him over before. Listen, Cody R. But that's what I mean. He doesn't subtweet about those episodes. So I don't, yeah, I don't want him yeah. to subtweet about this episode. Look, we're, we, we're, we're fair men, okay? So when we put you over, uh, you know, you, you know, you should, you should, you know, subtweet about that and give us a link via nodq.com or something. <laughs> right, you know? exactly. Nodq.net. Dot net. I don't know if there's a nodq.com. Yeah, no? and and tell Nick Jackson to unblock us. <laughs> oh, was it nodq.com the entire time? I apologize. It's nodq.com. It was nodq.com. 
Now, well, I know all our listeners are rushing to that site. Yeah, so, so nodq.net is a random yeah. Japanese site. Don't go there. Don't go there. Go there. Well, here's the thing. The, the, that site probably does eight times as many hits as we do because right, exactly. those are the sites that get all the mm-hmm. fucking hits. Mm-hmm. And we're the idiots. We're the morons that spend all of our lives doing this shit, and we have standards, and there we are. Like, you know. Right. Scraping together pennies. Go, That's not true. I got the Kidani payout. I got that Kidani payout at uh, Global War, so we're good for a little while. So. Oh, as yeah, reported you by the very reputable uh, Maxwell as well. Yeah, Mark Twitter. Maxwell reported that you received a cartoonish-like sack of cash <laughs> yes, with a uh-huh. dollar sign on it. Uh-huh, and I stroked my mustache as I got it. Went, ha, 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 and then I, yeah. tied a, I tied a damsel to the railroad tracks and ran away. So <laughs> You walked an hour back to your car. And exactly. you, uh, and that's you a shoot, actually. That's actually a shoot, that part. But. Yeah. And there were railroad tracks, so I could have, if I had found a damsel, I could have tied her up to the, uh, the railroad tracks, but I didn't, so it's all right. Instead, I got a cartoon. Was it really a sack of money with a dollar sign of on it? Of course it was, yeah, the old, uh, the old burlap sack with the, the very obvious dollar sign on it, and yeah. Um, I right. asked for a briefcase, they gave me the sack, I'm pretty glad I got the sack, though, because that's, you know, that looks more evil. You know, you get a briefcase, it could be like, oh, that could just be paperwork or whatever. You know, the Halliburton doesn't always, you know, yeah, the, the idea is that it, it, there is, you know, copious amounts of money in there, but it, it works better when it's the sack with the dollar sign on it, so then you oh, yeah, really yeah, know that like that is a sack of cash that is being and it's like all you know it's it's not in perfect order it's just shoved in there and just handed to me i always like picture it so like it's coins but not like quarters or nickels like like, like a lot of sacagawea dollars like 400 sacagawea dollars or like no like gold coins with oh, dollars like pure gold on. okay so just like yeah, like the shit that like scrooge mcduck dives into in the beginning of ducktales <laughs> right. you know okay. and he spits them out like water you know the, the yeah. fucking gold coin like those aren't like pennies right they're supposed to be like gold coins no it's just like straight up gold yeah like just ungodly yeah. amounts of, of that's what i was picturing in the bag i picture cash like you're saying in a halliburton you know you know, you, you, you like like in a, like in any you know B movie, they bust open the Halliburton. Right, I gotta put it down. I gotta put it down on a chair and open it up and like pick up only one of the tie, only one of the you know collections of right. my, and look at it and kind of like rifle through it real quick, give it a sniff and be like, all right, looks good. And then I you know put yeah, because if you're an, down, if snap you're it and I grab it. Like. That's right. Because if you're an experienced bad guy, right, you can pick up one stack, rifle through it, give a little nod to your henchman. Mm-hmm. who's standing beside you and know that all of the money is there, you know? So what you really want to pull, if you're giving a Halliburton full of cash to a bad guy, you know, he's only going to check one stack, right? And it's always like that upper left stack. So the other stacks, you should put like a hundred dollar bill on top and then a bunch of singles underneath. And they'll never know until they get back to their bad guy destination. Yeah. The den know? or where they're, you know, their, their headquarters, their bad guy headquarters, whatever like it is. Yeah. Whatever, wherever it is, they are, you know, back to their, you know, and where they're, wherever they're going to like, you know, blow lines of Coke or whatever. The abandoned and, warehouse that they've taken over as their, their headquarters. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because they all, you're right. They only check that one stack, you know, and then they just do the little nod and then they move on with their bad guy day to buy like, you know what they're buying with that money, Rich? They're probably buying the microchips, right? Or something like that. Like the microchips that are going to like, you know, give them. Like the dog, like dog microchips or what? Uh, no, no, I don't think oh, it's dog okay. microchips. I think it's like uh, the, just the microchips. You know, you can't let them get the microchips. That was the center of like every B movie, like in the 90s. Like, <laughs> it's a microchip. Yeah, some sort of. Yes. Yeah, so like, like we can't let them get the microchips, right? Because the microchips are going to, you know, they allow these men to do all kinds of unspeakable evil if they get a hold of the microchips. So that's what you buy with a Halliburton full of cash. Well, before we get to our other topic, show you know who else gives us a Halliburton full uh, a, a briefcase full of cash every single week? Our good friends at Dollar Shave Club. And by now, everybody knows that Dollar Shave Club 
Ships amazing razors for just a few bucks. Both Joe and I have been members for quite a while, and we love our shaves. What you might not know, though, and we didn't at the time, is that Dollar Shave Club also has products for pretty much everything else we need in the bathroom, whether it's body wash, shampoo, hair gel, lip balm, they have everything. At the store, there are too many options. You can't tell the difference between any of them. Then, if you have any questions, the clerk is completely unhelpful, doesn't know the difference, it can't really help you. They're not experts. They're garbage. You don't care about them. Dollar Shave Club, though, they make it easy and convenient for you to upgrade your shave and your bathroom, just like the razors. Everything is super high quality and left Joe and I looking and feeling amazing from premium ingredients to sophisticated scents. Dollar Shave Club is changing the game. If you're like us and sick of the nonsense of the store, now is time to try out Dollar Shave Club for a limited time. Dollar Shave Club is basically giving away their shit shower shave starter set to new members for only $5. This starter set features their executive razor and three trial size versions of their most popular products to help you stay fresh and clean in your first box show. You know what's coming. You got that shave butter. You got the body wash and you have the world renowned one wipe Charlie butt wipes. You will also receive their executive razor, which includes the premium weighty handle and a full cassette of cartridges. After the first box, replacement cartridges are set for only a few bucks per month. And now this offer is available exclusively at dollarshaveclub.com slash voices. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash voices. Dollar Shave Club's high-quality products will have you covered from face cheeks to butt cheeks, and there is no better time to try the club. Dollarshaveclub.com slash voices. You know what happened? Do you know what? Callan Coward, Callan Coward will, will still not say butt wipes. He won't he do the butt the wipes? Three. Guess what happened to the butt wipes, by the way? I, I was gone for like a few days. You know, I was doing other, you know, the nurses at work and all that stuff. I go and all the butt wipes are gone. So like oh, the nurse used the butt wipes? Yeah, and I woke her up at like 10 a.m. And I'm like, where are all the butt wipes? And she's like, I used them. I was like, no, what are you doing? She used your butt wipes. She used all of them. Every single so one. She, she, had every a one. she had a peppermint flavored ass. I guess. I don't know. She was well, at work, so I couldn't. You know, no, my, I, I, I know. No, my next question, my friend. <laughs> they did not know because no, I, 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 got, I got enough shit just walking into the room when she was trying to sleep for work. So that's. Is uh, that like a double meaning? Enough shit? Because anal lingus? I don't know. So did, did you sample the peppermint flavored no. butthole or not? No, no, I did not. So. And I told her that that was what the the whole goal. And then I I, I told her the entire thing because I was like, well, you had to save at least one of them or whatever because because Joe wanted us to try this. And she just looked at yes. me and closed the door. So that uh, oh, she was disgusted by that. <laughs> she was horrified that that you were horrified, <laughs> horrified. A step further, she's horrified. <laughs> that, so I don't know uh, if that's going to happen quite yet, but uh, we'll see. You know, maybe get a, get a get a replacement of the one wipe Charlies and see what happens. Maybe if we have more of them, then we can use them a little bit more liberally, and then you know, it'll it'll work for next time. So yeah, so you, you could put that. You put them in that top drawer of the nightstand with the rest of mm-hmm. your uh, marital aids, right? <laughs> marital aids. Yes, marital. See, you know, everyone <laughs> thinks everyone thinks I'm too crass. So, <laughs> what, do, what do marital aids mean? This way, when Forbes quotes me this week, they don't have to do dot dot dot. They can just put marital aids. That's what <laughs> marital I have. Yeah, yeah. you know? Marital aids. Yep. It is in the top drawer. Gimmicks. Your gimmicks. The top drawer. The gimmicks are in the top left drawer, though. So that is pretty good. You got a bunch of gimmicks, right? Your. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, your yeah. personal. You got your marital age, your personal massagers, your butt wipes, all that kind of stuff, right? You got that in the top draw of the nightstand. I know what's up, you know? <sighs> I hope you're right. top. You know, you'll go bottom draw, dude. You got to go top drawer. Well, oh, that's too. I mean, because how are you going to even reach it? Like the top drawer, you need to, you know, at a moment's yeah. notice, you can reach the top drawer. The bottom at a moment's drawer. notice, if you need your personal massager, you, you need to get it in the top drawer of the uh, nightstand, you know? But you should get the – that's where you need to put the butt wipes so she doesn't steal them. You probably yeah, had them exactly. in the – 
and like the medicine chest. No, there, we have like this little area in our bathroom that's like right next to the toilet. There's like a, a spot where you can put like we'll put a candle there or whatever. It's just like a little hole or whatever. And it's like right next. So you can put random stuff there. You put a candle there. You put some sort of scent or whatever. Well, she put him there. And I was like, OK, you know, whatever. That's, you know, obviously not a bad place for him. And then they'd stayed there for like weeks. And I was like, all right, good. And then I just look and they're all gone all in one like in one day. And I was like, you can't just use all of them that that quickly. You know, our good friends at Dollar Shave Club were, were nice enough to, to send us trial sizes. And everybody just, they just went and got used them, you know. There's quite a few of that trial size. So anyway, thousandclub.com slash voices. Definitely want to get those. Okay. This is, these are some ad reads we do for these These guys. are really good. They better. They better, really. Yeah. They And you know what? They ask for the time cues, and we haven't heard anything yet about the butt wave. So they're well, either happy or they don't listen. So they know what they're getting. They've been doing business with us for years. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. They, you know, they fill those Halliburns for a reason. So that's right. I should sniff more of that money, though. I don't know. I don't know if it's all there. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, I got a lot to get to today. Joe, where do you want to start here? I think one of the big things I wanted to talk about, and I don't know if you – the TLC we're going to bury at some other random point because I you know, I don't know if I have the energy. I don't want to start the show with TLC. That's that's too too bad, too annoying, too whatever. Uh, I do want to start, though, with this Roman Reigns, Cody R. Uh, tweet exchange that we heard uh, earlier in the weekend. It was basically early weekend, right, is, is when this kicked off. A little bit of background for people that don't know uh, what was going on here. And because this will be a big topic for us, I know we, we're talking all weekend on, on Twitter as well about it at Voices Wrestling as well. If you want to uh, follow that, but uh, a little bit of background: Cody uh, Rhodes Saturday night called himself the biggest damn draw in the entire industry, and this is after he had a uh, title defense at the Global Wars against uh, Kushida. Um, and then Rhodes said it was in a video as well. And Rhodes said in the video that he's delivered on his promise of giving ROH the biggest houses and the biggest buy rates they've ever seen. Well, one Roman Reigns was not impressed at WWE. Roman Reigns says, I don't even need to click the link and watch it. If that house didn't draw over 100 K, he's just talking silly walk over talk hashtag walk over talk, I should say. Um, and we were pretty opinionated about this over the weekend. Joe, what were your thoughts and your opinions and, and your reaction to seeing this little kerfuffle between uh, Rhodes and, and, and Roman Reigns? Well, well, obviously Roman Reigns is a huge fan of Dara Singh and uh, and King Kong Zaya uh, since he's citing these hundred thousand fan houses that have uh, that 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 uh, Cody isn't drawing because Roman's not drawing those either. I don't know what he's talking about. Um, you know, you know, just perpetuating this myth. John Tolis, he, he's a big fan of John Tolis. I know for a fact. That's yeah, like LA Coliseum show. You know, yeah, he knows. Yeah, so uh, yo, uh, but uh, it's like, um, look, it's. First of all, that this 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 the idea that Cody is the biggest draw in wrestling. I mean, he's out of his mind. But I don't I don't think that he truly believes that either. That's just him. I think doing his his character, doing his gimmick. You know, he's he's an arrogant member of the Bullet Club, so he's going to make uh, boisterous statements like that. And and I think that um, you know he he doesn't legitimately believe that. He's a guy who understands. Um, if nothing else, he understands wrestling history. He understands the wrestling business and he knows that he's not the, the, the biggest draw in the world, but you know, it's, it's, it's sometimes, you know, it's in, in the age of Twitter and whatnot. Um, you know, it, it's, there's a fine line between when these guys are speaking the truth or when these guys are, are, are doing a gimmick. And I, I don't think he really believes that. Um, as usual, someone brings it to Roman Reigns' attention. And as usual, Roman Reigns, Mr. Thinskin, Mr. Um, not the best critical thinker. Uh, Roman Reigns is a dope, and he doesn't know how to handle himself publicly or 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 on social media. Why did he even address it? I mean, you know, it's like he's he's got to understand that this is just another wrestler working, which is what I believe what, what it was. Why would he even give 
uh, Cody any attention? Why would he give you know, that quote any attention? Uh, it, it, he just came off as so thin-skinned. You know, it's like he's got to bring up that this 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 idea that he's headlining hundred thousand fan houses, which which isn't even the case in in reality. I mean, everybody knows that that show drew what eighty thousand something fans. Something like, was it eighty thousand between somewhere between seventy and eighty five? I forgot what what the number was exactly, but yeah, it wasn't it yeah. wasn't close to hundred thousand. So, and the other thing is 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 you know you know maybe, maybe he. He, he really believes that he had something to do with that, but I, I don't know where you stand, but I think that show would have drawn exactly as many fans, whether Roman Reigns was on it or not. I don't think it had anything to do. Yeah. It's become a legacy thing at this point. Uh, WrestleMania. I, I really, I really truly believe that, that you could book pretty much anything in the main event and, and you're still going to get your, you know, 70,000 minimum, depending on wh- whatever stadium you're at or whatever, they're going to come regardless of, of, of who's wrestling. I think we, it's really reached a point now where it's, it, it's an event more so than, than any sort of thing that's going to drop. But I don't know if that, I mean, I guess we'd see, we'll test that. I mean, if, if, if at one point they, you know, Jinder Mahal's in the main event against, but they're not going to do that. I mean, they're pretty much locked in now where, where no matter what and no matter who, it, it's going to draw at least a pretty decent number. I think it's it's reached that legacy point uh, to, to me. I mean, it's like the Super Bowl. I mean, if the Super Bowl is not going to get good attendance, it's, if it's the Cardinals versus the Bengals, or, or they're both in May. No, no, they're, they could be in the, the Super Bowl. But yeah, like those two, like it, it wouldn't matter. You know what I mean? Like there's still going to be the same amount of people that are going to come regardless of the two teams and where the two teams are from and how big the two teams' fan bases are. No matter what, it, it, it's going to be sold out. It's the Super Bowl. Yeah, WrestleMania is the draw at WrestleMania. I mean, most of the tickets are sold single match. Um, that's just a fact. So, you know, I don't think, um, you know, any, any of the, uh, the, you know, now look, you can you can put certain matches on WrestleMania or you can get people to appear at WrestleMania, I think can make a bit of a difference in, in, um, in, in selling a few extra tickets. But um, I don't believe that, 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 you know, Roman Reigns has, has had any kind of significant effect on any of, because that's one of the, the, the first defenses that, that people who want to defend Roman Reigns jump to. There's two basic defenses that they'll use to defend Roman Reigns. One of them is, that he headlines all of these WrestleManias that consistently break records year after year in terms of, um, you know, um, um, you know, gross profits and, and, and attendance and all these other things. But the thing is, it doesn't matter. I mean, he's just the guy that, and have, and look, some of these WrestleManias, he's, he's, he's in, he may be in the main event or the match that goes on last, but he's not in the, in, in, in the, in the, in the true main event anyway. I mean, Shane McMahon Undertaker was clearly the main event. Of, of that main of that WrestleMania two years ago it was the strongest promoted match and all those sorts of things. Um, it, it's like, you know, and, and, and that's a bad defense for Roman Reigns because they, they WWE could put whoever they want in, in these main events and, and it's not going to make a difference. It's the, it's the name WrestleMania that draws now. It's nothing to do or very little to do uh, with who's in the main event. Now, if you can get the rock to come on one of these shows, or if you can get John Cena against a big opponent or something of that nature, yeah, you could add some buys. I'm not buy some, uh, you know, you could sell some more tickets, but uh, nothing wrong. Like, come on. Does anyone really truly believe that Roman Reigns versus triple H sold a significant amount of, t- of extra tickets to that, to that particular WrestleMania. No, you gotta be crazy to think that it meant nothing in the grand scheme. So that's the, the first defense that everyone busts out when they defend Roman Reigns. The other one is, uh, you know, uh, to defend the, the fact that he hasn't gotten over as the mega baby face that he was supposed to as well. He gets reactions and that's all that matters. You know, even if you're booing him, you're giving him a reaction and you know, that may all be well and good, but that was clearly not the intent of this man's push. The intent of this man's push was to be the next great babyface star in the company and the lineage of 
uh, Bruno San Martino, Bob Backlund, Hulk Hogan, uh, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, John Cena, and then it was supposed to be Roman Reigns. Okay, those guys did not get split reactions. Those guys blew the roofs off. Well, maybe not Backlund, but the rest of them, they all blew the <laughs> roofs off of buildings and they were, you know, uh, legitimate megastar baby faces. And that was the intent of this Roman Reigns push and is still the intent of it. Maybe not anymore because maybe they've given up on that part of it. Uh, even the company has accepted that half of their fans are always going to hate this man. But he did not become what they expected to and wanted him to be. And I don't understand. I don't understand why that's so hard to come to grips with. Uh, with these with these people who just you know crawl out from under the rocks to defend Roman Reigns, look, it, it it's not like he fell completely on his face and he's a bitter and utter failure. But uh, you know it, it's but it he did not become what they expected him or wanted him to become. It just hasn't worked out. Half the fan base loathes him, loathes him, and and I don't and and I don't buy this argument that the people who are coming out. Uh, who boo him out of buildings are buying tickets to boo him out of buildings. I think that they don't want him there. These people who are booing him that, you know, that that's the, the, the tone and the feel I get from the people who, who, who boo Roman Reigns. I've said from the beginning, Rich, that's not like John Cena where the people booing him are kind of doing it in a good natured part of the show way. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, Roman Reigns. I think there are many people who go to shows who wish he was not there, who, who do not enjoy his presence on these WWE shows. And that's why they're booing him. Um, so, you know, his, and, and, and that's kind of why, that's why I, I put out the tweet that I did, which you're going to be shocked, Rich, but people on Twitter misinterpreted a tweet. Can you believe it? Can you believe that people on Twitter.com on com of Twitter, right? Rich, I, I shit you not. People misinterpreted a tweet on, on Twitter.com. Uh, hmm. What I said was, uh, in relation to this, and even though I would, I, you know, I, there, there's there's no way that I would uh, um, admit that he's the biggest draw in wrestling because he's not. But um, you know, I'm paraphrasing. But what I said was, uh, Cody isn't even close to the to the biggest draw in wrestling. But to me, what he's done uh, is way more impressive, pound for pound, than what Roman Reigns has done. And you know, it, it's like, first of all, people don't know what pound for pound means. I learned that quickly, that 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 phrase just went over a million people's heads. Um, but what I meant by that was, I think what Cody, uh, what Cody R has done in his particular ecosystem of the indies is way more impressive than what than what Roman has accomplished in WWE. And uh, I think that I could flesh it out better in audio. I didn't really bother arguing with a ton of people. Um, online about this, it's just the, the the Twitter format doesn't allow you to 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 make your point as clearly as you would like, and some people just weren't getting it. So I said, you know what, I'm just going to do it on audio. If we have three hours of audio to <laughs> every week, yeah. To do that, so yeah. So it's like, look, uh, you know, it, it, it's 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 this thing where to me, Cody is you know he quits the company and sets off on his own as an independent wrestler, puts out his little list. And I don't know what kind of revisionist history is going on in, in some circles, but um, you know, if you're listening, raise your hand if you thought that Cody Rhodes was going to be the biggest independent wrestling star in the world. I mean, nobody thought that at the time. Um, at the time, everybody was mocking his little list, and it became sort of a meme. If you remember, um, everybody was making their own versions of the list. It became a meme, Rich. And, 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 and he was mocked for the list and people were kind of laughing about, it. and the big question was, can he hang in the ring on the independent scene at sort of the higher level? I remember that being a topic of conversation. Never did the topic of conversation veer into 
will Cody Rhodes be the biggest independent wrestling star in the world? Nobody thought that was going to be the case, but that's exactly what he's done. He's become the biggest independent wrestling star in the world. And uh, he did it uh, just from the ground up with a brilliant marketing plan. He marketed himself the right way. He got out there and worked his ass off. He worked in the right places. He had a plan. He executed it. And that ties into the quote that we wasted 20 minutes uh, doing shtick with, uh, you know, where I said that there's wrestlers in the WWE who are frustrated with their spot, who are considering leaving when their contracts are over, and they're going to Cody for advice. He is the template. Yeah. Cody is the template. You could not execute an exit plan from that company onto the independent scene better than what he has executed. You know, it, it, he, he's been brilliant. No matter what you think of his bell to bell, I'm not talking about match quality here. It has nothing to do with the topic at hand. Roman Reigns' match quality blows away Cody's match quality. We all know that. There's nothing to do with it. But I think what Cody is a kind remember, he didn't exactly leave that company red hot, Rich. He was a jobber on main event working as stardust when he left that company. That's why he left. His career wasn't treadmilling. It was going backwards. He was ice cold coming off of that company. He wasn't even a hot name coming off of that company. And if you think just coming out of that company magically is going to make you a big time indie star, the track record shows the complete opposite. Exactly. Yeah. That's, we that's... can go, we could go name after name of uh, uh, how's Jack Swagger doing? Yeah. Formerly known as Jack Swagger. You mean, of how's the Ryback doing? <clears throat> FKA Jack Swagger. How'd Kurt Hawkins do when he got released? Um, you know, Sandow. It, it, Damien Sandow's doing how awesome. Damien Sandow do who everybody thought. Now that's a guy who people thought was going to kill it. Yep. Ironically enough. And how'd he do on the independent scene? So it's like Cody knew what to do. He had a plan. He executed it, and he became the biggest indie star in the world. And you can put qualifiers on that all you want, okay? I have some people arguing, well, he had the benefit of the, of the Cody Rhodes name. And to me, that means nothing. To me, that means nothing because if he didn't execute this properly, his name would have meant would, would not have meant the thing. Yeah, I mean, it gets you. It gets you, as you said. You get people that go, "Oh, I have heard of him." I mean, you might have your casual fan that goes, "Oh, Cody Rhodes." Oh, I know. But you get that with Jack Swagger too. You get that with Ryback. You get that. Now, with hold Danny on a Tana. second. You get that yeah, with all those names. Exactly. Yeah. Now, here's what I think: being Dusty Rhodes' son is going to get you booked in Bolola. No. No. No, being good <laughs> and then busting your ass. No, but that's and that's yeah, the right. thing. He's not even. But he got booked in Bola because of his marketing plan, and, and, he, and he got himself over as an enormous star. And PWG took notice and said, this guy's the biggest star on the independent scene. We have to put him on our show. And nothing to do with his name. You know, and, it, it, it's like, and, and obviously, I, you, we can give example to example. It's, it's not just being an ex-WWE wrestler. We've seen many of them fall on their face. Uh, when, when they, you know, this guy became, and, and then, well, he was lucky to hook up with the Bullet Club. Okay, well, let's break this down. This guy was the biggest star in the independent scene before he joined the Bullet Club. The, the, the fact that he wormed his way into the Bullet Club, I don't consider – I consider that a, a positive that he managed to do that. That's the hottest act around. Yeah, he added positive value to them. They And, and yes. that's a lot of the arguments that I was having with people – and again, we'll get into a bigger Bullet Club discussion here in a, in a bit as well – is that the Bullet Club Cody thing, people can immediately say, oh, well, Cody is lucky at the Bullet Club 
you know, was there for him. Well, I say the Bull Club is lucky that Cody was. I mean, it's it's one of those symbiotic relationships where they both helped each other. Cody going to the Bull Club was was incredible for him, and it was incredible for the Bull Club, and it worked out in both ways because now it has allowed them to grow even more and allowed them to have a a really good connection with a guy that that is and don't and don't make the mistake that him being an XWB guy is super important super important for for the narrative that they're kind of going with now and, and what's happened after the season desist and what's happened you know in recent history at the bull club we'll talk about here in a minute having a guy that 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 was from there and left is a big deal and it's really helped them become better and become a bigger thing and become very much the anti-establishment team and and, and stable and, and and characters of wrestling and as i said we'll get to a, a bigger discussion about that but no i don't buy that like Anybody in the world could have been lumped in there and, and 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 been fine. Like, yeah, you know, the Bull Club obviously will help somebody, but but that that's really ignoring how important Cody has been to to, to putting in some ways adding adding value to the Bull Club. He added value to the Bull Club, and they added value to him. It was a perfect move by both people. Rich, we talked about it at the time. He drew the first time around in all of these places. Yeah, all across got- the world, and and that's that is the other thing too that I definitely definitely want to to talk about a little bit here is that for people that, that can say, oh, well, he was he's just on bulk or whatever. Well, anybody can just do this and anybody can just do that, but but he's doing it. You know what I mean? Like anybody can be an XWB star and get booked a, a thousand places, but they don't do it because they either want X amount of money. They don't want to go here. They want first class. They want this. They want that. They want that. And Cody has had demands. Of course, we know that there's certain things that, that Cody has, but man, you cannot deny how much that guy's been on the grind from day, almost from day one. I mean, it seemed like a little weird at first. Like it was like, you know, only weird places were booking him and he would only go to certain places and do certain things. And we talked about it a lot. And then little by little, that grind, he he's embraced the grind. And nobody, anybody can do that. Everybody, everybody that gets fired from that company or everybody that leaves that company can embrace that grind if they want, but how many do? Cody did, and that's a credit to him. We have never mocked his hustle. Not at all. I mean, that guy will get on a plane, get in and go wherever to do that. Yeah, this guy came out of that company as a jobber. He left that company as a jobber, working as Stardust, and, and and as a mediocre worker. No one is gonna put him over as some kind of great worker. And yet he still gets booked in every prominent place that an independent wrestler can get booked and main events in most of those places and then draws. And drew the first time around, got booked the second time around, and then ended up in Bullet Club because, you know, they, it's, 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 they're a perfect pair. Um, so this is why I say pound for pound. Now look at the other side. Look at Roman. Um, what has he accomplished? Well, they handed him the keys, gave him the monster push. And as I alluded to before, he has not gotten over the way that they've wanted him to or expected him to. You'd have an easier time arguing that the Roman Reigns push is a failure than arguing that it has been a success. Would you agree or disagree with that statement? I would, I would agree. And it, it, you'd ha- it's an easier argument to make that it has failed. <laughs> okay? This is why I say pound for pound. No, Cody, you know, Cody Rhodes isn't making uh, millions of dollars per year. Although he does claim he's making more money now than he was when he was in WWE, and I believe him. I buy it. Yeah, Austin Aries tweeted something similar as well. That you know, yes, you know, my my first you know four bookings and on you know in bingo halls or whatever. I forgot what the exact reference was. Somebody made a a yes. bingo hall reference, and he kind of said, "Well, hey, I'm about to do four bookings in a bingo hall. They're going to make me more than I made in you know my last six weeks in in WWE or whatever." You yeah, know? six so, months. I think or he six months. Did he say six months? Okay, well there yes. you go. <laughs> so, so, so so I believe him. Uh, but this is why I put pound for pound in my tweet, because I think, you know, relative to their own environments, 
What Cody has done is far more impressive than what Roman has done. You'd have an easier time that Roman's push has fa- arguing that Roman's push has failed because he hasn't gotten over like they've expected him to. He was handed the keys. He was pushed. He, this was a guy. You know. You know the old phrase. This is a guy who was born on third base and thinks he hit a triple. Okay, that's kind of Roman Reigns here. Okay, he was born on third base in this company, but not only does he think he hit a triple, Rich. The next guy up hit a deep fly ball to center field, and he didn't tag up and score. The next guy up hit a single to right, right field. So he's still sitting on third, yeah. And, and, he, and he didn't run home for some reason. This is a guy who can't get home, and he was born on third base. Okay? And to the point where even the company has given up hope, thinking that he's going to get over as that next generational star, and they're embracing the fact. They are embracing the fact that this goofball cannot get over the way that they intended him to get over. I mean, come on. You see the, tro- the, the quotes by Triple H. Well, everyone says we should turn him heel, but we can't turn him heel because as soon as we turn him heel, the people who are booing him. He's always going to have split crap. They are, they are embracing the fact that this man is never getting over with half of the crowd. That is a failure. You can paint it as a success all you want, and you can say that any reaction is a positive reaction, and at least he gets a reaction, but that's not the reaction he was intended to get. And you're lying through your teeth if you think that they, that they wouldn't prefer he get over in the way that they wanted him to get over. And he just didn't. Cody has been a massive success, wildly exceeding anyone's expectations. If anyone was expecting Cody fucking Rhodes, if anyone was expecting Stardust to be the biggest independent star in wrestling, when he quit that company, send me the quotes, send me the tweets, send me the, the, the articles. Send me the blog posts. Send me the think pieces. Send me anything that supports the idea that people thought that this guy was going to be the biggest independent star in wrestling. Because nobody was saying it. He has far exceeded expectations. He has created the template of how you leave that company. There's no debate. In his ecosystem, in his world, he's accomplished it all. He's the Ring of Honor World Champion. Show me anyone who thought this guy would be Ring of Honor World Champion. He's getting booked in New Japan. How? I have no idea. He's not over there. That's the one place he hasn't gotten over. But you know what? He still worms his way in. What this guy has done is incredible. You got to tip your cap to what this guy has done and what this guy has accomplished. It's amazing. I I never thought he'd be, you know, he would draw this well on that scene or be the biggest independent star in the world. Back to Roman. What rich really what has this guy accomplished his push has has largely been a failure now I'm not saying he completely fell on his face you know what Roman reigns is I've been saying for years what he was going to be and I was right on the money and it annoys people he's Randy Orton he is Randy Orton he's a guy that they're constantly gonna push as a star and he is a star but he's never going to be that 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 superstar who breaks through to that next level. And that's what he is. Roman Reigns is a star in that company, but he's a replaceable star. He's a spoke in the wheel, just like Randy. Would anything have changed in the last 10 years of this company if Randy Orton wasn't there? Realistically, big P. 
picture rich. Yeah, no, I mean, little little stuff like you're saying, little stuff here and there. But yeah, I mean, the, the, the ethos of the company is not dependent on Randy Orton. Like, They'd he, be he can, right where they are right, right he, now. Yeah, nothing changes. Nothing. It's just, it, you know, he existed for, for a decade plus. Yeah. That's and that's what Roman Reigns is. That's what he is. Now, his story. Now, look, Randy Orton's story is largely written. Okay, I think we could agree he's probably on the early part of the downside of his career, right? I mean, he's, you know, the, the, the meat of his career is probably behind him. I mean, I think we could all agree on that. Roman Reigns is still, I suppose, in the ascension part of his career or, or maybe close to the peak. What is he, like 32 years old or something? He's probably around the city. He's, he's probably not that much younger than Orton, right? But in terms of, you know, he's only been around five or six years. Um, look, Look, this could change. Maybe Roman Reigns will catch on fire magically at some point and become this generational star, which they were hoping that he was going to, but he didn't. And I'm going to continue pounding that home for people to hear it, for people who refuse to hear it. He did not become the generational star that they were hoping and thinking that he would become. Maybe it'll happen. I, you know, I don't think personally it's ever going to happen. And I've been saying that for years. If it hasn't happened now, I mean, we're, we're what, four years, three, four years into it now. I mean, it's, it's, and, it's probably not. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean this but, is- but okay. Well, let's give the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he beats Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, and magically it happens. I, I, I don't see it, but it hasn't happened yet, which is why I say pound for pound, okay? Environment versus environment. I think what Cody has done is far more impressive. And not only that, Cody has done it all on his own. Flip the keys to a car or placed on third base by the biggest promotion in the world with all of that promotional muscle behind him. I mean, when you really think about all that, it's even more impressive what Cody has done above and beyond uh, Roman Reigns. Roman had all this promotional, and he still can't get over the hump. And he's still the kind of guy where you look at him and go, eh, I guess he's doing all right. Because let me be clear, I don't think he's like a bitter and utter failure. He's doing all right. You know, but but he's not even close to what they expected him to be. So that's the point I was trying to make with that tweet. Yeah. Pound for pound, environment versus environment. I think Cody, Cody, what Cody has done is way more impressive than Roman. Roman Reigns was handed a spot, and really hasn't he hasn't elevated that himself at all from that spot. He's in the same spot that they put him in. He hasn't elevated himself. He hasn't taken it to the next level. He hasn't become some greater star. He hasn't broken through in the mainstream. What has he done? Someone defend it. Someone defend it. They throw him in the main event of WrestleMania every year because they, because they think that that's going to help get him to where they want him to be. And he still hasn't gotten there. They've gift-wrapped it for him. And he's, he's – how many sports analogies do you need? He's failed to take the ball over the goal line. I mean, you know, if you don't, if you don't jive with my baseball reference, how about a football reference? He has failed to take the ball over the. This is a guy. They've handed him the ball at the ten yard line, and they've blocked every defender, and he has not taken the ball over the goal line. That's Roman Reigns' career. I mean, I mean, you know, so that's what that tweet meant. And for anyone who says, "Oh well, if they switch places." Uh, you know, Cody can't headline WrestleMania and Roman would kill it on the... Listen, I'm not even interested in debating that point. It's irrelevant to my point. I don't care what would happen if they switched places. It doesn't change the fact that what Cody has done, pound for pound, is more impressive than what Roman has accomplished, and pound you know, for pound. And, and I'll, I'll let you kind of finish your point, but I don't I don't agree that that would be the case. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you why in a, in a sec, but I'll let you finish your your... Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not first. even 
I'm not even I'm, look. I'm not telling you. I'm not. I, I'm not even interested in telling you that I think if Cody Rhodes was a WWE main eventer, he'd be more successful than Roman. Because I don't believe that. I don't think Cody would be more successful as a WWE main eventer than than Roman Reigns. I don't. Th- but it's irrelevant to my point, which is why I said pound for pound. That's what that means. That's like saying. I think Demetrius Johnson is the best pound-for-pound fighter in the world, and someone's saying to me, oh, well, if he fought the heavyweight champion, well, you're ignoring the pound-for-pound part. <laughs> right. That's kind of the point. I'm not interested in switching places. It has nothing to do with my point. But if you want to break down how you think Roman would do on the indies, the floor is yours, sir. Well, it's not necessarily what Roman would would necessarily do on the indies, but I think that a lot of that discussion that was going on, a lot of the discussion that's been going on the past few weeks about <clears throat> because obviously it's been ramped up. The, the Bullet Club versus WWE thing, and, and we've had people in our mentions that are are saying, and I've seen pieces as well. Oh, WWE doesn't doesn't care about the Bullet Club. They're not worried about the Bullet Club. Well, they absolutely are. I mean, they, they, that season desist letter wasn't just by accident. I mean, them going the Bullet Club going to Raw and and causing a kerfuffle got one guy fired. You know, and obviously it wasn't the only reason why he got fired, but it was the, it was the last straw for a guy. It got a season desist letter sent. But I think what, what what the magic of of what's been going on, and I saw it on Sunday. You know, going to that Ring of Honor Global Wars and seeing that that show. I mean, it was it was it, it was a cathartic experience going to that show. It was unlike any wrestling event I had ever been to. That was the Bullet Club presents. Ring of Honor and New Japan Global Wars. That was every. I mean, you, there was a point where I couldn't find one of my friends that was at the show. He and and my buddies were, were trying to think, okay, how can we find him? How can we find him? Well, someone had the great idea, and it worked. Of find the guy that's not wearing a fucking Bullet Club shirt. Find the guy in not a black shirt, and it was. And then oh, there's Dan. There he is over there because he was just wearing a gray shirt. I mean, you could easily spot people that weren't wearing Bullet Club shirts because so many people were doing them. There were flags. The lines for the merch tables were ungodly. People didn't get to the actual seats for their show until the second or third match because people were waiting in line to meet these guys and take pictures with these guys. That weekend, Pro Wrestling Tees, um, obviously the Chicago-based um, Pro Wrestling you know, t-shirt show. Everybody, everybody, I, you, you know about Pro Wrestling Tees at that point. Anybody listening to this knows what Pro Wrestling Tees are. They opened up a retail store, which is a great idea for them because now they can have people come and people do autograph sessions like Ming and Barbarian are going to be there next week, which is incredible. But like now when, when local Indies book guys, they can have them go to pressing tees, you know, sign some stuff, sell some shirts or whatever. Well, the bull club is going to be there this weekend. And, and they, when they opened that store, bull club shirts sold out immediately. We, we talked, I, I talked to a guy at processing tees and I said, well, what shirt sold the most? And he said, you know what? You're not going to believe this. You, you, you're in a million years. You're not going to guess what shirt sold the most. And he said, it was the Adam page shirt. And I asked people, why the hell are you buying the Adam page shirt? And they said, well, I have every other bull club shirt. So I might as well get the Adam Page one now. So they sold the most <laughs> the most shirts they sold this weekend were the Adam Page shirts because everybody has every other shirt already. And said, ah, you know what? Might as well complete the set here. Let me get Adam Page. There you go. Yeah. So it, they were there Monday and people were waiting outside the line. There was WGN, which our local TV station, was there interviewing guys in the Bull Club at Pro Wrestling Tees, talking about the Bull Club and talking about the shirts and talking about that store. I mean, that store in a lot of ways was propped up by the Bull Club. And being there at that show, it, it, it was amazing just that those people were there to see the Bullet Club. Those people were there to cheer on the Bullet Club. Those people were there to, to, to watch them, to do all that sort of stuff. And, and I'm going to put a qualifier here that I don't really necessarily like the Bullet Club all that much. You know what I mean? Like, you can, I'm going to, I'm saying all this and I'm going to ha- go on this little, you know, mini rant here in a bit, but I'm not really that, you know, to me, they don't do a ton for me. I, I don't really enjoy their antics. I don't really enjoy them too much, but I respect what they're doing. And what they're doing right now is 
everything that I think pro wrestling is in 2017. The stuff that I've been banging my head on the wall for years and years and years about how to make stars in 2017, how to make stars nowadays in pro wrestling, the Bull Club are doing it. You look at the difference, and, and we'll use Roman Reigns because he's, he's the relevant example right now. You know, regardless of what Roman Reigns, the person, Roman Reigns, the, the, the performer has done or whatever, look at the presentation of, of, of what Roman Reigns and, and, and the Bullet Club. And you got on one side, you have a stuffy, manufactured, unlikable, keeps his guard up. You know what I mean? Like a guy who never really, you don't know really much about Roman Reigns. Do, do, on your Twitter, do you have any clue? You know, he has daughters. That's it. You know, he has I daughters know. and it's his yard. And he's and a and I know that he's thin-skinned, and I know that he has an unlikable personality. And yeah, I mean, he's just not a very likable guy. Yeah, and that's and that's yeah. Whether and, whether and he's not Roman presented person, as he's not yeah. pre- and he's not presented as a real human. Exactly. Yeah, he's presented yeah. as this this character that yeah. plays Roman Reigns in WWE and has a daughter and is the big dog and and it's his yard and he's defending his yard. You know what I mean? Right. Like so. And then on this the other side, you have the Bullet Club, who through the Being Elite YouTube series have basically broken down the entire guards. They are the most approachable. They're the most transparent. They're the most, everything that you see from them is authentic. It's real. It, it is what it is. You can interact with them on Twitter and you're going to get an, a genuine response. You might get a little character thrown in there. You get that old character, you, you know, the, the famous quote that, you know, the Jim Cornettes, the Paul Heyman's, all those sort of guys will say is that, you know, just be your real self with the volume turned up to, to 10. That's all it took for right. Stone Cold. That's all it took for The Rock was, hey, who right. are you? Okay, cool. Turn that up to 10. That's all the Young Bucks are. The Young Bucks are what they are. They're just a little bit more ramped up. You know, Cody sure. is what he is, just a little more ramped up. Marty, Kenny, all those guys. I mean, and Kenny is really like, you know, the background player because he's a shy guy by nature. So you can tell that even he sort of takes a step back in a lot of these things and, and, and stuff. But it's it's sort of the Bucks and Cody and, and Marty and, and those sort of guys that really step up. But nothing about them is, feels manufactured. It feels authentic. And it feels like you're a part of their experience. Everything that they do, they let you in. That being in the Elite Series every single week says, here's just us fucking around. And here you go. It's yours. Here's us shooting the shit with each other here's us playing jokes here's us having fun and you can watch it and you can enjoy it and you can share it and you can you can participate with us and we'll do meet and greets and you can buy our shirts and you can do it and and the other thing too the shirts are are you know whether you like the shirt or not they're they're easy to wear they're 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 not an annoying shirt with a bunch of fucking writing all over it it's it's again it's approachable it's easy it's authentic it, it's 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 just everything that the processing needs to be in 2017 garrett kidney wrote it wrote a great article on our website as well, voicewrestling.com. It says how the elite are changing wrestling. And it's a lot of the stuff as well is that, you know, it's just, it, and, and being there Sunday was just such a, a great experience to, to really see what that's like and to see the connection that people have. For better or for worse, whether you like the Bull Club or not, they are connecting with the audience in a level that nobody in WWE is right now. And nobody has in WWE in quite a long time. So I thought it was kind of interesting to see this little jab and, and these little war of words between these two and, and what sort of happened as of late because you're looking at a company that feels threatened by the Bullet Club, and for all you know, intense, and, and for all rights, because the Bullet Club also one of the big things about them too is they're not tied down by any one company, any one promotion, any one entity. They are themselves. All these workers are they have the power. You know what I mean? Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, Marty, Cody, those guys have the power, and that has almost never happened in pro wrestling, and in, and it hasn't happened in, in in years. That now they, those workers, those wrestlers, they have the power because they have understood how to market themselves and how to market that unit or market whatever you want to say they now have the power and that threatens a lot of people it threatens WWE for sure because they have shown the template like you said Cody has shown the template that a guy like a Neville can say you know what fuck this I'm going to be in control of my own world 
I don't need these guys to tell me what to do or where to go and what, you know, I can do it. And I'm not, I don't have to be tied down to any one company, or any one promotion or any one, you know, entity or whatever. And that's, that's a really, really important thing that the bull club has done. And, and yeah, again, like you don't necessarily have to really like them. You don't have to necessarily like what they do, like the antics, you know, enjoy the YouTube, enjoy their, tw- yeah, whatever. You don't have to, li- but to, to not respect what they're doing and not look at what they're doing and go, okay, that is what we do. That is what we have to emulate. Those guys are doing it right. Here's the, here's the difference. The Bullet Club fans think they're part of something cool, think they're part mm-hmm. of something hip. Like you said, the wrestlers uh, come off as approachable. Um, and, 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 and whereas Roman Reigns, you just, he comes off as this corporate guy who is uh, very uh, unlikable. Yeah. He doesn't well, come and, and off we- as. Yeah, yeah. So it, that, that's, that's the difference right there. And, you know, just very quickly, because I thought you were going to go in another direction, um, you know, even though it, it, to me, it's, it's, it's irrelevant to my point, um, you know, the idea that if, you know, everyone kept bringing up, well, if they switch places, Roman would be just as successful, if not more successful than Cody on the Indies. Uh, you know, my, my counter to that is this. Yes, if Roman quit tomorrow, coming off being a WWE main eventer for the last four years, he'd do very well in the Indies. I think he'd be the hottest heel the Indies have ever seen because I think indie fans would love to hate him. And I do think he would draw everywhere he went. You put him up against your local champion, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, print money, you know, and he'd get booed out of every building. There'd be riots in his first stop, whether it's uh, PWG, AAW, name your indie. I mean, you book that guy and fans are going to love to hate him. Um, that if he wants to do the grind, if he wants to do the grind. And again, yeah, if, that, if, I, he, yeah. if he would choose to do the grind. But here, here's my, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is why, again, the pound for pound is so important. Where it, it look, Cody didn't do this coming off a four-year WWE main event run. Okay. Roman, if you put him in Cody's spot in the company, let's say Roman was a jobber on main event. Let's say Roman was in the Dash Wilder spot right now. Okay. Job into Rhino every week on main event. And Roman Reigns never had this push. He was just a guy who, like Cody, maybe he got to the mid card now and then, but he just give him, you know what? Everyone's interested in swapping these two guys. Let's swap them, Rich. Let's give Roman Reigns Cody, Cody Rhodes uh, career arc in WWE. Okay. A guy who, you know, ascended to the mid card now and then, uh, but mostly it was just a lower mid card guy and eventually worked his way all the way down to the prelims where he's doing jobs on main event every week until he gets frustrated and quits. Do I think that that Roman Reigns starting from that plane does better than Cody Rhodes is doing right now on the Indies? No, I think that Roman Reigns quickly disappears from wrestling and is never heard from again. I don't think Roman Reigns is capable or has it in him to be as successful as Cody was starting from a ground zero starting point like that. And I don't, I don't know if that's going to stir people up when this podcast drops. And I don't know if you agree with me, but I think if Roman Reigns is starting from the same level as Cody Rhodes and jumps into the Indies, he falls on his face and fails miserably and is probably selling insurance somewhere. That's, that's my honest opinion. I don't think he has it in him. He doesn't know how to get himself over, and he's proven it by getting the biggest push in wrestling the last four years and doing nothing with it. So what makes me think that he would hit the independent scene and just take over? Why? That's kind of my argument, too. Everybody assumes because he's star in one place that he's star everywhere, and I don't know that that's necessarily... He he hasn't gotten over on his own volition with the push. What makes people think 
He would leave that company as a jobber and just dominate the indie scene the way that Cody has. Yeah, and, and your one argument could be, and, and I think it's a, it's a relevant argument as well, and I know uh, our, our friend Ryan Dilbert at, uh, at Bleach Report tweeted this out a little bit earlier. I don't know if this was in reference to, to us discussing this, but said that you know anytime he interviews a WWE wrestler, they're always a thousand times more approachable and a thousand times nicer and a thousand times better quote when he talks to them in, in, in real life and when they're not in the character and when they're not cutting promos or doing that sort of stuff. So I don't know anymore. I mean, that's that's one of the big issues with WWE is I don't know who is good or who's bad anymore because they they present guys like such shit and they do such terrible jobs of presenting guys that I don't honestly don't know. I don't know if Roman Reigns would, would be able to. My my instinct is that no, he probably wouldn't because he hasn't really, you know, quote unquote grabbed, you know, any sort of brass ring yet. But again, it, it's so manufactured and it's so stuffy in that place that I don't I don't know. I don't know that they wouldn't be able to. Grab the brass I, it, ring. So they, they, they gently tossed it to him. I mean, and, and right now he's like bumbling it. You know, he's like... You know, I, I don't personally. I haven't seen anything out of Roman Reigns. I have seen no character but, traits. But out I of didn't. Him. To be fair, I didn't see anything out of Cody Rhodes for for no, a decade. No, either. no, and that was my point too. Yeah. No one expected this, which is why I'm all the more impressed with it. He's far exceeded expectations. So it's like I haven't seen anything out of. And and and, and you know what? Maybe you know, with the benefit of a push, maybe we would have saw it out of him. Who knows? But you know, but it's like I've seen nothing out of Roman Reigns to indicate that he has the drive, the guts. Or, or any of those things to get out there and grind on his own and succeed as an independent wrestler. I have no evidence of that. If he, if they released him tomorrow, sure he'd get over based on the fact he's been pushed as a main eventer for four years. But you know well, what? I think one of the that might even flame out after the first go around. You know, because I don't, I don't think he has it in him. I don't. And and, and the one thing I was going to bring up in in reference to that again. Um, is that we, you know, we sort of take for granted because now we see this Cody template and we assume that, you know, guys leave and, they, and they're just immediately stars and they immediately do all this sort of stuff. But again, like we said, we've seen numerous examples. There are more examples of guys that that go onto the independence and flop and you never hear from them again, or they pop up in random cards, you know, for, for whatever, for, for a few years and then they go away and then you never hear from them again. We have more examples of that than guys that have quit and dominated the indie scene that have dominated their scene and and arguably have made more money doing that than they have i mean we haven't seen that yet so people sort of assume that you know every guy that leaves that company people assume and we're going to see it pretty soon with the dolph ziggler type i mean we know dolph is on you know he's buying his time there he's going to be a great example of a guy that everybody thinks it, it can can do it and thinks can grind and and thinks will do that stuff but i, I don't know i it, we, we sort of take for granted how difficult it is to say okay you know i've gotten this and i've had this sort of attention and this this sort of pampering for so many years well, now I'm going to book my own shit. I'm going to get on planes. I'm going to go to random ass towns, sit in locker rooms, you know, with, with 15 other guys, you know, I, I'm going to, now I have to go do this. A lot of guys can't handle that. We see many, many examples of guys that do a few indie shots right when they're done and then go, ah, oh, geez. And then we never, a Ryback is a great example. That guy for all in, in every universe that we had and every prediction we had was going to kill it because why wouldn't he kill it? But he didn't because something happened where, you know, something, you know, the Jack Swagger is another great example, too. People kept bringing up all his, his claws or all he is not compete claws. Well, not complete claws is come and gone. And, and Jack Swagger's not doing shit. It's because it's it, we sort of take for granted how how difficult it is for you to be a WWE superstar and then be an indie guy. There's a whole different grind and a whole different mentality that you have to do. And these guys that were manufactured in the Performance Center or manufactured, you know, in old school WWE developmental, it, it's totally different. And that indie grind is not easy. We take it for granted. We just assume that guys leave and they can do this. I, I don't know why we all of a sudden assume that because Cody is one of the rare examples. He's the exception to the rule. Yeah. Of guys I mean, that have, have hit the ground running and said, no, here's what I'm doing and I'm going to fucking kill this. And he has. <laughs> for every Cody and Juice, there's there's five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten examples of guys. There's the, of, of Simon Gotches who just, what are they doing? 
Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's, you know, um, you know, I, I guess I, the other one people like to point to is Sammy Callahan, but you know, I don't even know if that one's fair because he was a big indie guy before he got there. Um, so he just kind of hopped back into the scene. Um, it, it was easy for him. It was a lot easier for him. Yeah. Um, so Trent, I think it's, Trent's a guy who started carving his out his, his own little it, niche as well. Again, so we'll give a little credit to Trent. Look, hey, listen, yeah, he's 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 a, a a a guy who's you know in New Japan now and doing great, does great on the indies. He's another good example. But I think we kind of have to get away from this mindset that I think it's harder to make it coming out of that company. I mean, than it is to ultimately make it. I mean, look, we have the data to back it up. I mean, we have examples on both sides, and the examples on one side far outweigh the examples on the other. Um, it, it just, it, it takes a certain kind of, uh, uh, look, it, it's, you, you gotta, it, it's far more than when you're in that cut, you gotta be able to get over on your own, you know? And, and it's, it's, you know, I, I'm not convinced that if they had the same jump point that Roman Reigns would do better than Cody. No, I'm not convinced of that. So yeah, go ahead and switch play. I, I'm not convinced he would. Yeah, and and one of my other points, you know, coming back to the the, the stuff about the bull club and 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 the elite and you know what they've been able to do and what they've been able to accomplish as well, and 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 not not necessarily picking on just exclusively WWE. We can talk about New Japan as well. We're seeing a character as well in in, in Tetsuya Naito, who's about to you know go to Wrestle Kingdom and and, and probably win the title, who is you know, in, in some ways doing a very similar thing to what the bull club is doing. And, and we're seeing now that this is kind of what's over again in wrestling is this anti-establishment and the idea that, you know, a Roman Reigns has, they've always positioned him as anti-establishment, but nobody, everybody knows that he's not, you know what I mean? Like everybody knows that, that he's handpicked, you know, they had the stupid, you know, stuff with the authority and, and it, it was, it wasn't transparent or whatever, but the bullet club and, and, and Naito as well, you know, we could, Add to New Japan, they've been able to, to to sort of show that how interesting it is and how fun it is when when you know you have a, a group that is now because the WWE has sort of targeted them a little bit. You know that wasn't their intent to, and and that, let me clear clarify that too because we had a lot of people on Twitter going, well, oh well, I don't know why WWE did that because now the Bullet Club has used it, and and that wasn't WWE's intent. When WWE sent a cease and desist, they went, ah, we got them. They can't use too sweet anymore. And you know what the elite did? You know what Young Bucks did? Said, fuck it, let's sell a shirt that says cease and desist. Sell the fuck out of that. Make a song about it, and then we're gonna change our our you know what we do in the ring and everyone's going to write about it, and make a big deal about it. Now they're doing one sweep. They're touching each other's fingers and people are going yeah. fucking nuts in the ring or whatever. And it's like, there you go. That's like, and they're using it as ammo now of, Hey, here's a group now that WWE, you know, I was in that arena and there there's fuck Vince, fuck WWE, you know, Cody's shooting on Roman Reigns, gut and talking about drug test failures or whatever. And the crowd's eating that shit up and they've nailed it. They got it. <laughs> Fans legitimately think these guys are cool, right? WWE tries to tell you, that Roman Reigns is cool. Mm-hmm. It's manufactured coolness, and 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 half the crowd doesn't buy it. And they just because he doesn't, he is not the right guy. They pick the wrong guy. Can we just admit it? Yeah. Well, and and you know what? I other than just Roman Reigns, I don't think WWE knows. I don't think if it was anybody, that I, I I honestly truly believe that that company has no fucking clue what they're doing with regards to stars anymore. Well, and I what we're talking about when we get to W the TLC or whatever is that yeah, Roman Reigns is the guy we're talking about now. But I legitimately, you go up and down the card, and they have no fucking clue what they're doing. They have no idea. Well, how to Rich, create. if they just if they just would have let Dean Ambrose uh, organically grow into that role, they would have. <laughs> right. And I don't want to re-explore that, but I exactly. mean exactly. You know, they had their window with Dean and they, they went completely the wrong direction. And because, of course, it was clear the way for Roman at all costs, um, you know, as we're seeing with Braun. Um, they've got something with Braun, but it's clear the path for Roman. We got to clear the path for Roman. And, um, you know, it's that's fine. You're clearing the path for Randy, Randy Orton version 2.0. And that, you know, that, that that's fine. Um, he just doesn't, you know, he is the wrong kind of crazy. He's just not likable. He's not a likable guy. That's really all it comes down to. We've, we've banged this drum for years. He's just not that likable. 
It doesn't come off authentic or cool or likable. That's the main problem with Roman Reigns. And with all that said, kids, small kids, and women still love the guy. So there's some value there. But he can't get over with anybody else. He can't get over with anyone besides small children and women. And one thing again, you know, kind of circling back to the stuff about the Bullet Club, I, you know, there, there were some tweets out there and there were some people talking about, oh, you know, because it's obviously a huge weekend for the Bullet Club in general. But people were saying, oh, you know, it's a bunch of white dudes, you know, cheering about bullshit. I was Sunday and I heard from reports from other people for, at, at other places at Columbus and at Pittsburgh or whatever. That crowd was was in Chicago. And I've been I've gone to numerous indie shows. I've gone to numerous Ring of Honor shows. I've gone to numerous WWE shows. I have never in my life seen more women or people of color. At, a, at an independent show or at a wrestling show than I saw Sunday at Global Wars. My, my row, there's 15 seats or whatever. Eight of them are women. The row in front of me, was, was six or seven women were there. There were, there were blacks, Asian. I mean, there, there was every gender, every race was there <laughs> wearing bullet yeah. club shirts and doing the same chance and unifying by that. So the idea that it's just a bunch of you know, white wrestling nerds going, yeah, fuck WWE, fuck Vince McMahon or whatever is total bullshit. It's not true. Look at the, you know, look at the These are not data. the Ring of Honor crowds from 10 years ago. No, they're different. The Ring of Honor crowds from 10 years ago. It's not Green Lantern fan and a bunch of barricade slappers. There were no barricade slappers. Yeah. Me and my friends yeah. were going nuts. Yeah. Nobody's slapping the barricades. They're like, you fuckers. Don't sit in the front row unless yeah. you're going to slap the barricade. We were upset about it. But they don't know what that. They don't know what the barricade yeah, yeah, slap were, is. They don't give a fuck. They don't care. They were, they were new, the Ring of Honor crowds were, were newsletter crowds 10 years ago. And, uh, you know, like you're saying, largely just nothing but white males, you know. Um, now your bullet club, your ring of honor fan. Now your, your typical, you know, your quote unquote bullet club t-shirt fan is like a 19 or 20 year old dude who brings his girlfriend to the show with him. And she wears her Kenny Omega shirt. He wears his bullet club shirt and they stand in line for an hour and a half for a picture with, with Matt Jackson. I mean, that's what they are. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a, it's a totally different crowd. The ring of honor crowd is a totally different crowd now. And that's another thing that we've been talking about for a long time. You know, it's, it's that other era is long, long gone. That DVD 2006 newsletter crowd that Ring of Honor used to draw, they may still be coming too. But the reason Ring of Honor is doing record business is because of that Bullet Club fan that's coming to these shows. It's a completely yeah. and, different and, and, You know, if I wear my, my – I have a Kenny Omega shirt. And if I wear that in public or – I wore it to a flea market not, not that long ago. Uh, there was like a, you know, a, a all-night flea market going on across the street from me. So I wore it. I, the nurse was so annoyed that so many people came up to me and just would, would too sweet. They'd walk by, they wouldn't say anything, but they just throw the too sweet up or they'd say, Oh my God. And it was like people that, that, and then I would talk to them and, and they didn't hear of our website. They don't know what our website is. They're not on Twitter. And I'm just like, okay, well, you know, a lot of them said, Oh, I'll check you guys out. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that or whatever. I didn't know you guys existed or no, I'm not on Twitter. Uh, no, you know, I don't really do much on Facebook. I'm just a fan of, you know, new Japan and, and ring of honor or whatever. And it was amazing how many of them, you know, would come up to me and, and none of them knew our website. None of them knew any of the discussions on Twitter. Nobody knew it. They just, they're fans. And, and there's a whole universe of fans out there that people don't know about and, and, and don't really give enough credit to, but they're there and they're coming out in droves. I mean, ring of honor had what their second biggest crowd ever on Sunday. Yeah, behind the Orlando crowd, I think. Wasn't that yeah. it? Yeah, I think that's true. And you know what? That um, crowd bought all those tickets. When they said Kenny Omega's coming to Chicago, those tickets were gone in, in five minutes. That was it. That's all it yeah. took. Yeah, I think that... Uh, was Kenny know, Omega's coming to Chicago, boom, sold, gone. Yeah, it's... it's The, the Ring of Honor crowd now is the NoDQ.com reading crowd. It's not a Dave Meltzer crowd. Crowd. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a different fan base entirely. Yeah, or, so or they might that, even not that like thing. They might just like the shirts, and they might just like the idea of, of them. But you know what? That is yeah, that's, that's the key. Too. That's NWO Austin three sixteen. There you go. That's the template yeah. there. 
How many how many people are just wearing Austin 316 shirts because they thought they looked cool and then eventually became you know fans or 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 were, you know were casual fans thought the shirt was cool and that's what sort of the entry level was or the NWO shirts or whatever. That's really it. And and you, you know we'll get we'll, we'll finish up with this topic here in a little bit. But what I did want to read really quickly though is from Garrett's piece, the how the leader changed in wrestling. These last three paragraphs I think just nail it and really encapsulate what I think that. Cody is doing what the Bullet Club is doing, what the Bucks, what what, what Omega, what, what whatever you want to say, the Elite, the Bullet Club, Cody, whatever. I think what they're doing so perfectly, and maybe what WWE is not doing, and why WWE is scared of them too, because I think that's really the thing that we sort of noticed as of late. And I think Roman doesn't respond to that tweet, and Roman doesn't get mad about that unless that season desist thing happened, unless the Jimmy Jacobs thing happened, unless the too sweet thing happened. You know what I mean? Like that. That's not you know he's thin skinned but I think that there was a clear intent to reply to that and 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 go at Cody for that reason because it, it terrifies them. And, 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 and Garrett, I think, lays it out perfectly. He says, um, Lucha Underground or Morse other indies uh, anywhere right now aren't doing the elite, are breaking through to exist and thrive in, the mid, in that middle space between WWE and everything else, and that terrifies WWE. WWE lives and dies and thrives on the idea that when the push comes to shove, they're the only show in town. The idea that without WWE, without their scale and marketing machine, the Young Bucks have broken through the usual, you guys should go to WWE barrier that seems to exist for so many fans that scares away. And I'm, I'm kind of quote here people are leaving WWE because it's not the promised land, mediocrity or, or, or yeah, mediocrity that they'd like to present it as it is. Uh, people are seeing that there is a path to relevance outside of WWE and it could be a damn profitable one. Cody has spent the last year and a half turning himself into the hottest commodity in wrestling. He's worked everywhere, pops houses all over the place, and has had his pick of where he wants to settle down. He means more to the broader pro wrestling landscape than Stardust ever did, regardless of how you feel about his work. Everybody in wrestling right now should be studying what the leader are doing from how they position themselves, how they market themselves, how they attempt to reach out to a variety of different audiences through a multitude of mediums, and of course, how they outwork just about everybody else going on at the moment. They are creating a template to follow for how to excel and one would assume profit without the amplified platform that WWE offers. They're smashing through a ceiling that existed for more or less than 15 years, and they're charting a path every modern wrestler should be desperate to follow. Yeah, I think it sums it up very well. I, I like the part where he says, uh, that, that Cody Rhodes right now is more relevant to the wrestling landscape than Stardust ever was. And that's an absolute fact. And it's, and, and a lot of people are going to misinterpret this. So I want to make it clear. We're not, you know, you're not saying that WWE, that, that, that this, this bullet club elite thing scares them in terms of being competition of any sort. That's un, no, that's not what you're saying. What you're saying is it's showing their talent, talent and wrestling talent, all over, that there is, viable alternatives and 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 and, and other paths to success other than being in wwe right that's and that's what should scare them because now you know for a long time there was no leverage they had a stranglehold wwe had a stranglehold on pro wrestling and if you wanted to make money in pro wrestling you had to go there that was the only place you could go to make money right and it's not like it's not easy we've we've you know we've talked about all the the failures and 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 the few successes but it is possible to carve out a niche and be hugely successful um, outside of that company. And there's wrestlers proving that you do not need that company. Um, and, 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 you know, and also with new Japan now as a viable option to make money, if you're lucky enough to get in there. And, and it's, it's not that WWE is scared that they're going to have competition that, you know, the elite's not going to run, you know, shows opposite of, you know, uh, WWE shows and threaten their bit. No, it, it scares them from the perspective of to the talent. And that speaks to my point last week that there's talent looking for their exit plans, yeah. looking for advice. Maybe I can do this too. I don't need to ride the mid card treadmill, you know, um, you know, it, it, and, and maybe I can give this a go. 
Who do I talk to? Where do I work? What's my strategy? What do I do? How do I maximize this if I, if I do this? Yeah, the, the very it's, fact that there is that option, the very fact that there is somebody to talk to and, and there are options that you can go out there and do it. And th- that wasn't true in, in 2005. You know what I mean? That, that wasn't right. the case. If you left that place, you were done. You, you could go to TNA and, and maybe have a little pop or, or two there, but it, it wasn't viable at any point. I mean, it wasn't anything. And guys, the minute they could, would, would run right back to WWE. I mean, we saw it with Christian. It was like, oh, thank God. Okay, good. Like, you know, it's got a little, had a little fun in TNA, but, but at the end of the day, the, there was only one place to go and, and there's not anymore. And, and, and I mentioned that in my, in my section of the podcast last week is, you know, people getting on Elville or getting on, you know, anybody or, you know, this Nia Jax rumor that, that's out there too. But you as a WWE fan, should want this to exist. You should want there to be a viable option because you know what? It's going to make WWE say, okay, here's what we got to do. Because anytime there's competition, and this goes for WWE, this goes for any business in the world. Whenever there's competition, they're going to be better and they're going to strive to be better. They've kind of rested on their laurels for a lot of years. And and I don't know that this is going to necessarily do it, but you know, so putting some chinks in that armor isn't a bad thing. You know, making them go, okay, all right. We, we saw, hell, ITV <laughs> was getting ready to, to relaunch World of Sport and WWE went nuts and, and put on a great UK tournament and signed a bunch of UK talent and went nuts and rehired Jim Ross and did all that sort of shit. Like, again, you know what I'm saying? That Like, just that little Not, bit. Yeah, right. Yeah, correct. Not because they thought ITV was going to, you know, uh, threaten their, 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 their business, but just to snuff it out before it even had a chance, you know, and, and just to, to, to reduce leverage more than anything else. Right. Exactly. And, and, and they tried that with the cease and desist. And that's the funny thing too, that people are bringing up, Oh, oh well, I don't know why, you know, WWE thought, thought that it was going to work or oh, they've only helped the bullet club or whatever. That wasn't their fucking intention. They didn't want to help the bullet club. They thought, Oh, we'll give them the cease and desist and they'll stop right away or they'll do this or whatever. But they've, they hit the next blow. Then they hit the next punch, the next jab bullet club. Went, All right, cool. We'll monetize that. Thanks. You know, now we'll be even more anti-establishment with a Cody Rhodes who fits perfectly because he's the next guy. You know, XWB guy that's now going to go out there and go, okay, yeah, I've been there, and now I'm this. And you know, getting 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 sued by WWE only adds to their cool cachet. Exactly. You know? it's, it's, that's boom. It, it, it and that I that weekend was people there. It was it, it was unlike anything I've ever seen. That was a very anti WWE crowd. That crowd. There were numerous. You know. There was a, a sign that said "fuck Vince." There was a you know "fuck Vince" chant. There was "fuck WWE" or you know "fuck that place." Or there there was chants all night about you know, and, and they've carved that out now. And now they've sort of reinvented themselves in a little bit. Now now they're you know they were just kind of the bullet club guys having fun wearing black shirts or whatever. Now they're very much a you know a shot at at, at the big company or whatever. So you know, yeah. that, it's interesting. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun to see. And you know what? You should be rooting this on. You should want this to happen because it's good and, for every party involved. Good for everybody. And, and by the way. Don't think for one second WWE wouldn't sign every one of them tomorrow. Oh they, God, yes! If they had the they, chance, they absolutely. they jump at the chance. Oh, I mean, come on. yeah, down um, to Adam and, Page. They, they'd sign Adam Page too in twenty seconds. I bring it. Well, yeah, maybe not Adam Page, but they'd bring them all in. <laughs> what about Bone Soldier? We haven't seen Boner Soldier in a while, man. I think yeah, you know uh, you know what I saw. I forgot to send you this. I was going to send you this text message as I was leaving uh, Global Wars. There was a man wearing a Bone Soldier hoodie. That is awesome. Where and I, even I, 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 I know I wanted to run out. He, he was like too far away. And I thought it would have been too creepy if I like ran full speed yeah, and like yeah. stopped. and was like, tell me about your shirt or whatever. Where like, do you acquire such an right. item? I mean, that's because my theory is that he, and this speaks to my Adam Page thing or the thing that Pro Sync T's told me is that people just want fucking, if it's got bullet club, whatever, this guy has yeah. no clue who bone soldier is. Cause oh, nobody, would honestly, no, yeah. nobody would honestly go, Hmm, let's see what I can buy. Ah, that Bone Soldier hoodie looks really good. It was a zip-up hoodie. I think it's like 70 bucks. There's no way you're spending $70 no on anything with a Bone Soldier. At any point. I didn't either. This is the first time I've ever seen it. I really should have just ran up to this guy because I'm never going to see this guy ever again. Like, maybe he's listening. I, you know what? Sir. 
I think he had to know who he was because he would have had to have gotten it from New Japan, right? Yeah, no, it was a New Japan hoodie for sure. But yeah, I want to know if it was an ironic purchase or like a legit, like I like Bone Soldier purchase or a I buy anything that has Bullet Club on it because I don't really care. I mean, that. It, there's no way it wasn't an ironic purchase. Who's legitimately saying, <laughs> I, I got to have a Bone Soldier hoodie? I mean, please. I, I own zero wrestling merchandise, but I think I would own a, if I had a chance to own a Bone Soldier hoodie, I think I would take it. Do you have your phone with you? What I. Would I wear it outdoors? Not a chance, but I do have my phone with me, sir. <laughs> okay. As um, noted earlier, I forgot to turn it down. Oh, right, right. Um, of course. What, yeah, a picture is coming your way. I mean, it's great radio, of course. I'll put it, oh, I'll, I'll try to save okay. it somewhere. But Fantastic. You got a picture of this bone soldier hoodie, huh? Yes, yeah. So I should have received this text message right away. Or not. <laughs> great radio. Oh, God. It's really. It's not sending it. One sec. Here we go. Come on. Come on. Come on the bar. Yep. This is great. I'll, I'll, I'll send people pictures as well. You got you to gotta switch to the 4G. I my know. Friend. I was on the Wi Fi and it, yeah. wasn't, uh, it wasn't working very well. Well, never, never, never use the Wi Fi. Got to get the unlimited data and use the 4G. You can't oh, use I do, the but no, you know. Oh, my God. This thing is hanging up. Never mind. Forget it. Why, I, I can send pictures to anybody anytime. The moment that I'm on the air trying to do something, it, then it hangs up and doesn't, you know, doesn't send. Unbelievable. Um, but yeah, it, it was a crazy weekend. I mean, I mean it was, it, it was, you know, off the heels of that tweet and off the heels of that. I mean, it was just incredible to see. It was just a different environment seeing how powerful the Bullet Club is right now in the independents. And, and, and people better start taking notice because it's, it's a thing and it's not going away. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, it was super interesting. But uh, you want me to talk uh, quickly about the Global Wars show? I, well, you watched yeah. it as well, didn't you? I didn't. Oh, you didn't watch Global Wars. Well, I did not. Um, you be honest, you didn't thing. miss a fucking thing. I'll be, I'll, I'll be 100% honest. That's what I spoke to as well. I mean, it, it, it had the largest ROH crowd ever, the second largest ROH crowd in history. It was a party. It was a fun show. Is it a show that I would watch for, like, wrestling content? Probably not. I mean, there was one, you know, one match that I would say go out of your way and see, but the rest, yeah, it was fine. But it was a party. It was Bullet Club sold out. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it felt like, you know, not as shitty as, as NWO sold out, but it felt like Bullet Club sold out. It was just those guys fucking around for four hours. And, you know, they were given the platform to do it, and the fans were more than welcome to, you know, more than happy for them to do it. But, um, real quick, I'll go over this card for people that did not see it, but uh, you had, this, this is out of order, this guy here, but um, I believe the opener was the Beer City Bruiser and Silas Young uh, defeating the best friends, Beretta and Chucky e. T., uh, you had the addiction Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian defeating Cheeseburg and Kushida. Now I don't I don't remember the order now that it's it's um, the, the the article that I'm looking at the results are, are completely out of order. But oh no, the second match was Marty Scroll versus Hiromu. That's uh, it was all right. Uh, it wasn't. I enjoyed it again. It was like Marty Scroll just kind of having fun and Hiromu. You would have hated it. I, you would have absolutely despised you, that match. Can I ask you a question about this match? I saw a GIF that annoyed the shit out of me, and I've heard conflicting reports. <laughs> okay, I will set this straight for you. Everyone knows how I feel about Daryl. Mm-hmm. Not going to repeat myself. Um, I saw a GIF where Marty Skrull, um hit Hiromu in the head with Daryl, a stuffed animal, by the way. Correct. It's a stuffed animal. And Hiromu sold the bump and took a bump for a, uh, a stuffed animal shot to the head. That's correct. Which I found utterly ridiculous. Um, now, someone tells me that the running theme all weekend in Ring of Honor was that Daryl was loaded like an old Missy Hyatt purse with a, <laughs> okay. with, with a right. brick yeah, inside. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The, so if that's the case, I rescind my uh, my complaint. If Hiromu, if the idea is that Daryl is a loaded foreign object with a brick inside or some other assorted, uh, an iron pipe, whatever the case, 
I have no problem with him selling that and taking a bump for a stuffed animal shot. If the idea was it was just them being goofy and Marty Skrull hitting them with a stuffed animal, I have a major problem with that spot. And I'm not trying to go full cornet because I think if Joey Ryan does that spot, I have no problem with it. I think if uh, name your comedy wrestler of choice, if uh, Leva Bates wants to do something like that or, you know, there's a time and a place on a wrestling show where I have no problem with offbeat shenanigans, Rich. Okay, so I'm not trying to go full cornet here. I have a major problem with it when it involves Hiromu Takahashi or Marty Skrull or people of that nature um, who are meant to be taken seriously. <laughs> um, so I've said my piece. Is this a loaded stuffed animal or was this just a horrendous spot? Uh, that I don't know. I don't know if it was loaded. Uh, he definitely did sell the uh, the, the Daryl shot, but I don't know if that was loaded. Ridic- spot. That, utterly ridiculous. And that kind, of, that, that kind of spoke to the entire show as well because, again, it, it wasn't a real – it was a party. It was a Bullet Club party. That's all the show was from from beginning to end, and and that's so what your I mean, argument like, is in the, in the context of this show, a, this, a stuffed animal shot worked. Is what yes, you're this this may have well been a Joey Janela spring break. You know what I mean? It it okay. was that type of show. It was not a hardcore wrestling Hiromu Takahashi the time bomb versus you know the villain Marty Scroll. It was Marty Scroll the Bullet Club does a lot of silly shit and Hiromu has a cat. You know what I mean? Understood. That, that's, so it wasn't. It was. I mean, right. Daryl Daryl got his fingers cracked you know how uh, marty of course does the, the finger break yeah, yeah. he grabs daryl and broke his fingers and the crowd it was like the second biggest pop of the night the crowd going nuts for it right and you didn't mind any of this no i because pretty quickly okay, on, I so realized, follow-up question. would yeah. you have minded it if it was third from the top at king of pro wrestling i would have yes you, the context was correct for this zaniness is what yeah exactly yeah and, and, and it permeated the entire show and it really at the end of the day it, and that's why i said it's not a show that i would really watch for wrestling but if you want to have fun like you know it, again like the joey janela spring break is, is a great example it was just or a, a kaiju big battle well, I, love that. I, I love that i love the joey janela spring break yeah and th- this is what that show was this was not <laughs> this is not new japan and ring of honor global wars this is bullet club presents you know bullet club sold out featuring new japan and ring of honor wrestlers that's what it was. Yeah, and, you know, yeah, and you know that's that's another good point too that we should probably really pound home. I mean, this show, like you're saying, this was just this was all you know. People paid to see Bullet Club here. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, it's and look, it's it's not to take away from Ring of Honor. I mean, look, they're Ring of Honor acts, you know, uh, Young Bucks and all that. But you know, it's it's I I had mentioned that um, I think that it, it's time that New Japan really attempt to run a legitimate basketball arena on the backs. If now is the time, I mean, Kenny Omega, mm-hmm. young bucks, they're never going to be hotter. Um, they should be the lead stars in whatever this new Japan USA thing is. And obviously new Japan agrees. Kenny, Omega, Kenny Omega is the champion after all. Um, but you know, you, I think it was you that, and, and others that, that made a good point. You think the elite could run a show and outdraw um, yeah. any other indie group in, in, and you're, and you're not wrong. I mean, I, I do think the elite could run their own shows at this point. Um, because essentially that's what this show was. This was essentially a, a, a bullet club show. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah. They could, they could very easily have done bullet club presents, whatever the hell their show is or whatever. It, and, and yeah, I mean, if they want to do it at WrestleMania weekend, I mean, those fuckers would, would sell 4,000 tickets in, in a snap. I mean, they, they would sell more than that too. And that was kind of the conversation I was having with buddies. Cause as we were stuffing into that odium or whatever, which is a, a completely new arena for ring of honor. I mean, ring of honor has, has never run that venue ever before. They've always run the frontier field house in Chicago, which is, is just, you know, a, a gym. It's just a, you know, rec center or whatever they could have. I mean, that place was stuffed with fans, just wall to wall fan. They could have easily have, have sold double the tickets if they wanted to. I really believe that. I really, truly believe that because it was packed in there and there were people yeah. st- Hanging from the rap everywhere that there was a person to be, they they stuffed a person. 
and they sold out immediately. So I really do think that they could have, and, and there are venues. So now it's, it's, it's a really, a, you know, if Ring of Honor wants to do it, or again, at the Bullet Club, they could very easily do it because this, yeah, this wasn't Ring of Honor Global Wars. This wasn't New Japan Ring of Honor Global Wars. This was Bullet Club, Bullet, you know, Global Wars with, you know, Ring of Honor New Japan talent. So um, I got the, uh, I got your photos here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What do you think? This man is wearing a Bone Soldier hoodie. <laughs> I told says, you, I didn't lie. It says Bone Soldier Bullet Club Danger. <laughs> Danger. For the Bone Soldier, who I don't think ever won a match. Didn't he beat Yoshitatsu by DQ or something one time? Yes, or something? yeah, during their heated feud so, uh, earlier yeah. this year. Which I, listen, I enjoyed that feud for what it was, which was trash, but uh, it was fun trash. This is a Bone Soldier hoodie. It says danger, and it has uh, what appear to be uh, either lightning bolts. I think or like, they were lightning bolts. They were lightning bolts. Yeah, pointing at the New Japan logo. Underneath the, uh, the the Bullet Club, famous Bullet Club logo, the skull with the bullets, Bone Soldier, Bullet Club, Danger. So, yes, I would love to have that hoodie. I would never wear it in public, yeah, so, mind you. But, yeah, I, wanna, I, I do. I, hopefully hopefully he, he's a listener, which, by the way, like everybody that I talked to was, was at that show. We had a lot of listeners at that show. but Yeah, Rich, you felt like a, you're a, a little weirded out. Like, yeah. Well, I started like I would talk. important at the show here. Oh man, it was it was kind of like a, a kind of creepy in a sense. Like I would talk, and I would like just see somebody like slowly turn around, and I'm like, oh god, like what? Because I would like you know say something. I was wondering if I like made them upset or like yeah. there was one point where I like made fun of the bull club, and some guy in a bull club shirt turned around. I was like, oh fuck, this guy's gonna like get really pissed that I made fun of the bull club. And he was like, oh my god, are you rich? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, I love your podcast. <laughs> I was like, oh okay. Like and I would talk to this, and it was just like it was it, it was. You, I couldn't talk without people turning around and going, "Oh my God, you're Rich from Voice of Wrestling." I was like, yeah. "Wow, you got that, uh, <laughs> you got that sexy baritone going." On. I guess that was it. But I was like, I was thinking about that too because I, I was talking with the nurse and I was like, I don't know that like because there's a lot of other podcasts that I listen to. I don't know if I would just be able to hear someone's voice and immediately go, "Oh, that must be that guy" or whatever. Because and I guess that's my personality too. Because if I was wrong and it wasn't the guy that I thought it was, I'd be so embarrassed. I'd want to just crawl into a hole like that. Sure. Area. If I like turned around, I'm like, "Oh my God, are you Alan Cunahan?" And it was like some random Irish dude. He's like, no. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> like, are, you like, Alan no, I, are you Alan Forel for the Dr. I, I am not, sir. I am Trevor the Irish Wrestling fan. Right, exactly. Yeah. You're like, oh, I'll talk to you, too. No, but it's like. Because Joe's assumption is the only the only three people that live in Ireland are the only you know, four. They're all on Twitter. It's either Sarah, Alan, Rovi, or uh, uh, our good man Dan's uh, Irish as well, right? I don't know. Or is he Scottish? Your boy. You're, you're... going to find out. I know. Yeah, uh, I don't remember what he is. But, uh, but, but, uh, <laughs> but yes, and they're all listening to the Cranberries. <laughs> Constant repeat. Um, that's right. <laughs> they only have, the only music they have in Ireland is either traditional Irish, you know, music, yeah, as we all know. Yeah. You know you're hearing it yes. in your head right now. And then the Cranberries. So They listen to the Cranberries or Dropkick Murphys. That's I was gonna, it. <laughs> well, that's just Boston people. I don't know. <laughs> actual Irish people listen to Dropkick Murphys that's are just, a good like, question. Are just like quarter Irish people that live in Boston and go, yeah, I'm Irish. That's why I get drunk and fight people. Yeah. Let's ask Barry Murphy if he listens to uh, Dropkick Murphys, right? I mean, that's another Irish man. Um, you know, but yeah, that they listen to the the the, the cram. I the yeah. next time Alan's on the show, we have to lead him in with the cranberries, right? Right, yeah, yeah, and that's a little uh, zombie yeah. maybe or something. Yeah. Do you know any I, other cranberry songs? <laughs> I do. They have a song called "Ode to Joe." How about that? Oh wow! So there you go. Lead in with that one, but uh, you know, you only know one cranberry song name. No, nah, I don't know much about the cranberries. Yeah, I wasn't, Bevy I wasn't alive in their their heyday, Joe. Like you, you weren't alive in their heyday. When would you consider the cranberries heyday, Joe? I mean, I was alive, but I wasn't old enough. I wasn't, you know, going to cranberry concerts like you. I wasn't, you know, taking my prom dates to the cranberries. It was, you know, got a beautiful voice. No, she does. Yeah. But okay. Well, let me ask you a question. 
you weren't alive during I don't know uh, Led Zeppelin's heyday. I'm sure you know more than one Led Zeppelin song. Nah, you'd be you'd be in a crowd. I don't know. I'm I don't not, know anything about Led Zeppelin. That was rich. That shit. Come on, man. It's pop culture. I mean, you got. Yeah. You, you don't. You really don't know. No, I, I really couldn't. I don't know if you I can. What if you heard it? Come on. Song. You know, if I heard them, I know. But That's I don't a think. Cranberry song, you geek. <laughs> what? You're cutting That's... in and out. I actually haven't. And people are gonna. People that listen to this will have. No, you're I mean, using that as an excuse. No, I'm not. I'm saying people that listen to this will understand. I, you just said nothing, and I said, I don't know. And you said, that's a Cranberry song. Here's like, here's what I'm saying. Okay. You said, How, you don't need Led Zeppelin songs. I said, no. And then you paused, and then you said, that's a Cranberry song. Like, forget Led Zeppelin. Okay. Okay. Cranberries. I guarantee you know more than one Cranberry song. Do you know Zombie? I know Zombie, yes. Okay. Do you know Linger? As discussed on the uh, All Nineties podcast, of course. I know Linger, yeah. Okay. Do you know Dreams? I don't know Dreams. Yes, you do. I guarantee you no dreams. <laughs> I probably do. I probably do. Play it right now. I guarantee you know it. Okay. All right. Do you know <laughs> Salvation? You know Salvation. I know uh, you know Salvation. Salvation doesn't ring a bell there. Uh, you know it. Dreams. If you played it, you know it. You know, I don't, I don't know if I've ever heard Dreams. Oh, it's a oh, big yeah. hit. Yeah, Come on, Rich. I, I've heard Dreams. I had to go to the hook. I had to go you to the... You know this uh, song, right? I had to go to the, the, the business end of the show. They are the business end of the song. They had a bunch of crap at the beginning. So, no, I know I know Dreams. Okay, so I know three Cranberry songs. Yeah. What was the other one you had? Salvation. You know Salvation. Salvation. All right, let me see. Let's see Play that. Fire that one up. Nice six, huh? Nah, I don't think I've ever heard this song. Don't know Salvation by the Cranberries. No. How about Free to Decide? You have to know Free to Decide. Yeah, Salvation, I don't think I've ever actually heard. Freedom to decide. Well, you knew four. <laughs> you knew at least four. Yeah, okay, least. okay. So that that's fair. I can't really bang on you. All right, you know four Cranberry. You oh, really free to decide. Know. Okay, I've heard free. I know free to decide then too. Okay. Right. And I'm right. sorry, it wasn't Ode to They have a song called Ode to My Family. They have a song also called Joe, as I look this up now. Um, okay, yeah, you don't want me. You don't want, there, a song you don't want Cranberry's Twitter getting mad at you. We're, so. we're, going, we're going deep into the catalog now when we're digging up uh, – <laughs> Joe, Joe by the Cranberries. But, yeah, we're like yeah. seven songs deep into the uh, the Cranberries. Okay, but I legitimately probably couldn't name you an actual Led Zeppelin song. So, you really uh, did? no? Come on. What, okay, no, I mean if, if I heard them, them I, I know. I, I, yeah, if I heard them, but I don't know the titles of them because I don't really care to. You know. But my point here is, you don't need to be born. You don't need to be conscious when a band is relevant to know their music. Music is timeless, Rich. Um, I'm sure you know plenty of Led Zeppelin songs. Stairway to Heaven. I mean, come on. Yeah, no, I, I, I know. Stairway Whole lot of love. No, yeah, you're you're, you're a big Togi Makabe fan. You don't know Immigrant Song? It's got a nice wrestling <laughs> time. I become a big Togi Makabe fan. Hold on. I like his love of desserts because I also love desserts. I think that's where me and Togi like. That's basically where we diverge from post desserts. We don't. I, you know, I don't see. We don't really see that on on many things. Cashmere, Ramble On, All of My Love, nothing. Nah, all garbage. I bet you know all of them. I bet you heard them all. Yacht rock trash. I don't need to hear that. You're you're burying Led Zeppelin. People, (laughs) I don't care. Yeah, they can bring it. All right. Uh, (laughs) He thinks about his thinks about his dick and fucking a lot. Robert Plant. He makes a lot of like sex sounds in his songs too. You know, he's a very sultry man. Well, I have a few new entries. I was gonna. I I meant to do that. Our uh, the greatest thread that we have in our entire forums. The song about boners thread. Yes, we uh, have a thread about songs <laughs> songs about erections on our board. Yes. I, I, re- I wrote one down at work. I don't recall it off the top of my head, but I will uh, I will add to that uh, tomorrow when I get to work. I, I I was listening to a song, and I'm hearing it. I'm like, all right, yeah, this will work for the thread about boners. So uh, Yes. 
the high quality content we have at voicewrestling.com slash forms. All right, Marty Scroll defeated Homer Takahashi. Uh, real quick, I'll go through the rest of this card because, again, like, uh, really, it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. One match that really matters. Uh, yeah, David Boy Smith, Lance Archer, Minoru Suzuki defeated Jay Lethal, Kenny King, and Shane Taylor. Uh, Minoru Suzuki, this was a one-man show. He was just kind of having fun and slapping people and doing you know fun things like that. You know what I had fun doing? All night long reading the uh, – play, as you were playing phone tag with Lance Archer, as you guys were attempting to meet <laughs> up at the show, missing each other's <laughs> DMs. And uh, you did you ever meet up with – No, uh, I never did. Yeah, because, like, the parking lot – I tried. I got to the show, like, an hour early. The parking lot was a disaster. It took you, like, 45 minutes to get into the parking lot. Then when I was finally there, the lines to get merch was, was ridiculous. And I didn't know that there – like, there seemed like there was only one gigantic line to get to anywhere. And I, I didn't know really necessarily what the setup was. So I don't know if there was a way that I could have just, like, you know – and. Sorry, Lance, but there wasn't that many people waiting for Lance Archer, Dave Weissman Jr., but there was like a mile-long line of people waiting to get merch in general or waiting to do autographs yeah. in general. And it was you had to get through that line first before you could be siphoned off into whoever you wanted to see or whatever. So like I wanted to go to Lance and, and, and Davey, who I imagine, again, there wasn't throngs of people you know, throwing themselves at, at, at the Killer Elite Squad. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe there were, but I couldn't get to that line because I couldn't get through the gigantic and I was like, okay, do I really want to miss like half the show? And he's probably gonna leave by that point or whatever. And then neither of us had a signal on our phone either. So like we're texting each other or DMing, and like it, it, it's you know he's saying, oh, I'll be here, and I'm like, oh, I can't get any. And it, it all ended up being a total waste. And by the time I was leaving, then I got all those messages. I'm like, hey, I'll be here, I'll be here, uh, whatever. So uh, I appreciate him reaching out and trying to, to trying to meet up, but uh, uh, just couldn't do it because the odium. And uh, why'd you blow him off, Rich? He's very rude. <laughs> I did. I did none of the sorts. I've got to see that man in like a week, and he's gonna be because I'm. I'm not sure he knows we're two people, so he's probably gonna take it out on me. You know? Oh, I'm like, sure it, he does. No, he knows like, there's Texas voices wrestling and in, in, in Chicago voices. He's wrestling. gonna be like, why'd you leave me hanging in Chicago, man? I'm not happy about this, and now I have to face this. The uh, that's good. I hope you help you to. Did you know he's a, he's a seven foot ticked off Texan? <laughs> I've heard I've heard rumors of that. So, yes. I hope, uh, so I, now I've got a seven foot ticked off Texan. Uh, yeah, I was I, I was looking forward to him, not because I was going to talk about one second of wrestling, but we were just going to talk about dachshunds the entire time. So that was yes, I was really looking forward to that because we both uh, both have very similar looking dachshunds. So I was just going to uh, discuss that with him because you know nobody wants to actually talk wrestling. That's stupid wrestling. Um, we had the addiction Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian defeating Cheeseburger and Kushida. That was. Uh, a thing and that was a match and it existed uh you had the bullet club adam page cody matt nick jackson the young bucks versus search and destroy alex shelley chris saban jay white and jonathan gresham uh that was actually a lot of fun there was um just madness it was basically just again like a bullet club showing off it was them just doing all their finishers it was essentially just like an extended squash match with those guys just did everything that they wanted to do um Who was- took the f- did, did jay white take the fall uh, you know what? I'll be honest. I don't. Uh, no, aggression took the fall. Okay, aggression okay. took the fall. White did not take the fall. I, I made so sure I to note say, that. If, no, White, if White took the fall in a match with Gresham, who's treated like a jobber, no, no, it was Gresham for sure. It would really indicate that he's on his way back and he's going to be the knife guy. You know. Yeah, Gresham ate like four finishers in a row and and, and got pinned. Yeah. Even though we've already reported that the knife guy is Ryback, <laughs> it's the as, Ryback, as, and that Rapongi 3K is obviously uh, the Ring Express crew or the Ring Crew Express. You know how come we get cited directly when we report that the knife guy is Ryback, but we don't get cited directly? <laughs> right. I know. And, and I went on that Reddit thread. There was a Reddit thread for people that don't know the background where, you know, we were joking around a few weeks ago about how the knife guy was Ryback or whatever. Well, somebody on Reddit goes, Joe Lanza, Voice of Wrestling, reports that, you know, the knife guy is Ryback or whatever. And I go on that thread and I was like, I, I don't think you were get, quite getting the tone we were going at because a few, you know, seconds before he said that, he also said that, you know, the Ring Crew Express was going to be Rapongi 3K. And 
I, I we don't think that that's actually true, and, and and you probably shouldn't or whatever. And and the guy, to be fair, was like, oh, you know, English is my second language. I didn't quite pick up on your sarcasm or whatever. So I got it. But then it, just that little post started like, oh, those guys are never right. They're bullshit. They're wrong. Or oh my god, look at the source. Oh ha ha. And it's like, no, we 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 were joking. It's sarcasm. But you know, that's yeah, that is what it is. Uh, Cole Cabana Toriano. If you like comedy and wrestling, you might like this match. If you don't like comedy and wrestling, you will despise this match. That's uh. That's all I can say. I enjoyed it. It went probably a little longer than it needed to, but it was exactly what you thought Cole Cabana and Toriano would be. Uh, match of the night, far and away, unquestioned. Maybe the best – man, it, it really I, – I, I've seen people go four and a half. I think Dave went four and a half with this, and I've seen other people do it as well. Will Ospreay versus Flip Gordon. Flips, flips, flips. Watch this match, Joe. Well, honestly, you know, I am going to watch it. I'm going to watch this whole show, actually. But the, the thing about it is – and I wrote about this when I did the um, King of Pro Wrestling review – Will Ospreay, for all the hype he gets, he's actually underrated. He really is. He never goes out there and has less than a, than a match of the year or fringe match of the year level performance when he's put in a position to and he's trying hard and he's not fucking around. Yeah. And in, in front of many crowds, too. And we mentioned that. Yeah. I, I don't know if uh, – well, I'm sure you listen. I know that for a fact you listen to my part of the podcast. But I mentioned that Will Ospreay will go to Australia in front of 300 people and fucking kill it and give his – you know, bust his ass or whatever. So there was no doubt in my mind that these guys were going to have a good match because Will Ospreay just refuses to have a shitty match. And he's, he's physically incapable of just going out there and going, all right, whatever. Like, cause everybody else on the show was all right, whatever. Let's just kind of have fun. Let's go out there. And, and, you know, we got a hot crowd that's just kind of likes, you know, having fun. Let's just do that and, and, and get out of here. Well, Will Ospreay and Will, Flip Gordon said, fuck that. We're going to have a match of the year contender here. And they did. It was, you know, you know, I'm, we're putting together the FSM 50 this year, uh, comes out every year, you know, 50 top wrestlers in the world or whatnot. And we put together our, uh, our preliminary lists and I couldn't justify putting Will Ospreay lowering him fourth on my list. I mean, I really think he's that yeah, good. No, that's that's fair. Um, I I really couldn't justify it. So, um, I, I really think he's among the best wrestlers in the world right now, and uh, I'm not shocked at all that he had the best match here. And I'm not shocked at all that you're saying people are throwing four and a half stars at this thing, and I'm looking forward to seeing it. And uh, I should give credit too to Flip Gordon. He was awesome this entire match. So I'm I'm really interested to see. Uh, what he does because he could be a legit, you know, we talk about a ring of honor and their, uh, you know, their you know, talent evaluation, their talent, you know, <laughs> isn't great, but uh, Flip Gordon could be a guy they might have there. So if they, uh, they can make him work or do some stuff with him, that could be, a, he's a guy. I mean, he's not there yet. He's got quite a few years probably until he's got the full package, but, but you can see uh, in this match alone, you'll definitely see it, that there's, there's potential there. There's something for him. So uh, I hope so. It'd be good for him. Um, and then I think I got everything else. So there was the dogs versus the one man team or one mean team. I apologize. The dogs. Do you know, the, could you guess who the dogs are, Joe? Do you know off the top of your head who the dogs are? I have no clue, but I saw the dogs versus the one mean team just getting buried on Twitter. <laughs> it was so bad. God, it was bad. It was the worst. And it was like, it was sad because the, the dogs are Will Ferreira and Rhett Titus. Okay. Okay. I didn't know they had, a new, I didn't know they had a new gimmick. Is this a brand? Yeah, new gimmick? I, yeah I guess. I don't know what it necessarily is. Um, All right. Rhett. It's just like, dude, <laughs> you know. I've got about eleven episodes of ROH TV on my DVR. So if this, is, yeah, uh, it's just like, oh god, it's just, it's. Well, what the hell is one mean team? I mean, what is that? Uh, I had no idea. They 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 posed them as like local guys, but they're not. I don't know who the fuck those guys were. They were like you're, local. You're you know, people are like, oh, they're from Chicago. Like, his people in the crowd are like, oh, they must be Chicago guys. I'm like, no, they're not. Like, I'm, I'm you know, standing in the front row are like half of the 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 you know the guys that run freelancer there in the front row or whatever. Sure. There's, there's numerous guys from all over Chicago Indies or whatever all over the place, and nobody had any fucking clue who these guys were. Like, from where they got them. <laughs> 
were they uh, two hapless dopes who paid brutal Bob Evans two hundred dollars to try out and uh, bought their way onto the show? I mean, what's going on here? No, I would I would assume that is exactly what they were. So two okay. uh, two really terrible guys that paid brutal Bob five hundred dollars and they got booked on uh, to to lose in a squash match to the dogs. So okay. Um, then your main event: Kenny Omega versus Yoshihashi Joe. I would I would turn off before this match happens. I really you're going to be disappointed by this. I have to tell you the reason I didn't watch this show live was I really wasn't looking for. I didn't think I I didn't like Kenny Omega's tone at King of Pro Wrestling. I didn't think he was taking this match seriously, and I didn't think we were going to get a typical Kenny performance. You're 100 right. I mean, especially Kenny... coming off the knee injury and his mm-hmm. mannerisms and the way he was treating Yoshihashi in New Japan, I didn't think he was taking this match seriously, and I did not think that we were going to get the vintage. 2017 typical Kenny Omega match of the year level effort, and you are telling me that that is correct. Yeah, and I think you'll hear that from a lot of people as well. It was just, I mean, Dave gave it four stars, which I thought was absolutely ridiculous. I mean, there was nowhere near four stars, and the problem was, was, and, and this is when it really kept, it really hit me over the head that this is a bull club show. Is that halfway through the match, and, and and the match wasn't really doing much either. I mean, obviously the entire crowd was was all on Kenny Omega, and they wanted him to win, and they wanted him to, you know, they didn't care about Yoshiashi. Nobody. Cared care about the Oshiyashi. It was just a complete afterthought this entire match. Well, halfway through, there's a ref bump and then the Bullet Club comes out and then Chaos comes out, but it's, you know, it's not all of Chaos, so it's like, you know, Flip Gordon is in Chaos, quote-unquote, or whatever, just because they needed to even the numbers, and then they did, and, and this was a running theme this, the entire weekend as they did this 10 boots thing where everybody gets on the corner and, and, and puts their boots, you know, near the turnbuckles, and then you throw the guy in there and he gets hit by 10 boots or whatever. And this is a big thing. This is like, and people loved it, and they were chanting 10 boots, 10 boots, 10 boots the entire time. Well, essentially the match spent then the next 10 minutes setting up the chaos and Bullet Club 10 boots thing. Yoshihashi eats both those boots, and it, it was just like, yeah, it was it was a match just littered by, you know, run-ins by the Bullet Club, the run the Bullet Club doing shenanigans, dancing all over the ring. It, it was the perfect cap off to bullet club sold out, but the absolute not a match that you're going to look forward to at all. And not a match that you're going to like it. You are going to hate it. You're going to despise it. Um, when it was all said and done, I was like, all right, whatever. But yeah, it was, if you thought you were getting, you know, Yoshihashi, you, you know, clamoring for the title and, and nearly winning it in 2.9 counts where he almost got it. And Oh my God, like it wasn't that at all. Kenny just beat him. You know what I mean? When it was all, when all that yeah. shenanigans were done, Kenny just hit the V trigger, hit the one ring angel and it was over. And that was it. You know, yeah, he did hit the one wing angel and Yano pulled the ref out of the ring. So that was a quote kick out for Yoshihashi or whatever. But then Omega just hit the V trigger and hit him with the one wing angel and it was over again. So, you know what I mean? It was. Just, what was the point of all that then? Yeah. And uh, the US title was nowhere to be found either because Kenny forgot it and New Japan forgot it too. So. Oh, he didn't even have the belt with him. <laughs> no, he didn't have the belt. Because somebody says, Where's the belt? And I go, uh, I don't know. And they said, hasn't he forgot the belt before? And I said, yeah. And they went, oh, all right. And like, yeah, all right. Well, there you go. So that's, uh, that tells you all you need to know about that. So no, um, probably turn it off before that. match. I think you're going to be super disappointed by that match. Just in, uh, nothing there. And I know, I know both men are capable of so much more. I know Yoshihashi is capable of so much more. Omega was not out there to have a Kenny Omega match. I mean, he may as well have wore the, the rainbow tights and the, the and kept his t-shirt on the entire time. Cause it was, it was a t-shirt Kenny match from, from beginning to end, which is, is super disappointing too. Cause, you know, I was there to see Kenny Omega have a killer match. I, you know, I wasn't, th- there were a lot of people that weren't. A lot of people just wanted to see him, you know, two sweet people and, and, and wear a bowl club shirt. So it's fine. Right. I get it. So I guess, uh, yeah, I mean, can you really blame him then? No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he knew he sold the house before he even had a match. So he goes, eh, you're, yeah. you're good. You don't care. Like, and, and if people had the time in their life, it doesn't really matter. And people did. And when it was all said and done, that's that's the thought I had. And I had it walking out. And I talked to, you know, Maxwell and I talked to those guys of like, that was, you know, as a show, not great. 
but it was fun as hell. And it's one of those weird things where it existed outside of the realm of like a, cause I went to AW that weekend too. And that is a, a show that I really loved. I love night one. We'll talk about it during our bounce, the bounce around the Indies, but that was a show that I was like, Oh man, I talked about it. That was an awesome show. And night one, like, and, and the night two of the tournament was awesome. And everybody loved it or whatever. This was like, Hey, that was a lot of fun. And that's all you could say about the show. You know what I mean? It wasn't the, let's talk about what matches were good. Let's talk about the, the, the booking. Let's talk about the, it wasn't that it was, it was a one-off show. Both clubs sold out. Joey Janela's spring break. It was that sort of show. So, yeah. But Osprey Mark, Max, Mark Maxwell, he's like seven foot tall too, right? He is. Yeah. You can't teach that. No, he is. Uh, he's quite tall. Yeah. It's a slender man too. He's lost like uh, some ungodly amount of weight, something like hundred plus pounds or something like that. I, some ridiculous amount of weight. He, he's from the first moment I, from the first time I met him to what he looks like now. I mean, he's completely different. <laughs> he's lost an entire human being off of him. So it's a uh, good stuff. So. Maybe someone just stretched him out, you know. He's <laughs> that's a possibility because he is. Yeah, he's a he's a very tall man. I've I've played him in basketball as well. So, uh, oh yeah, just post him up. You dunk on his ass. I dunked on his ass so much. We just played. We just played uh, horse. We didn't really like. You played horse. Yeah. Did you beat him. I did. He's listening, so don't lie. <laughs> I did. He'll, he'll he'll confirm. He'll verify that. He'll verify it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna ask him. Yeah. Yeah, please do. I did. I drag him into my Twitter muck on the shoot account, and I can tell he I don't, you. You know what? I'll say this right now. I, yeah. I think any of our Twitter followers want to challenge me in a game of basketball. I think I can beat them. Oh, listen to that! If you're in yeah. the Chicago, if you're in the Chicago land area, yeah, you want to come at me? Want, let's go. And you want to play Rich one on one on Halstead Street? Maybe the one man <laughs> gang will take you up on that, right? How many are there? Are there some parks down on Halstead Street, Chicago? Uh, I'll be honest, I have no clue because uh, I don't live anywhere near Halstead Street, and I don't. Uh, it, it's a very large street. I've, I've mentioned this to you before. You're talking about, you know, it's, it, 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 I think it is the longest street in Chicago, Halstead Street. So, listen. If we're going to talk about Chicago, I'm going to talk about Halstead Street. I, I'm with you. In the one-man gang. You but, know? Uh, I am sure there are many parks on Halstead Street, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, if someone want, You heard it here, folks. Yeah. If someone wants to play Rich one-on-one on Halstead Street in Chicago. Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. I'll be there. You need the time. As you told me when I I said, what time do you want a podcast today? He said, whenever, wherever. (laughs) I was like, okay. That's right. (laughs) It is your yard, Joe. I'm ready. But uh, that was Global War Chicago. You were the big dog, sir. Um, do we have to do TLC? You want to preview the TLC now? I guess. <sighs> WWE tables? Let me plug my damn... Listen, I write yeah. like one thing a month on the site. Can I plug my damn writing, please? You can. Go ahead. Yeah, please do. I mean, I wrote I a... stop you. I don't know why you're getting mad at me. You're stop stopping me again. I wrote a scathing preview of this show on the front page of the website. Right now, VoicesWrestling.com. Two other guys are on it, too. But you really should just focus in on my parts. I don't remember who the other two guys are. It was Richard August Baker and Andrew Sinclair, you, you piece of crap. Ah, yes. August Baker and Andrew Sinclair. They're close personal friends of mine. And we wrote the preview, and it was scathing. Uh, their parts were scathing as well. Of course, I jest. I read their parts, Rich. Um, yeah, we hate the prospect of the show, which means it'll probably be really good. Do you think this could be one of those WWE shows that we bang on? You don't think this could be good? I don't No. We always do this. No, I'm fairly confident. This one's not going to be good. 
Let's run it down. Let's do it. So it's WWE tables, ladders, and chairs. There's no tables match, no ladders match, no chairs match, no stairs, and there's a TLC match where they're climbing for nothing. It is WWE TLC. Joe, a uh, match I know you're definitely looking forward to. Quote, the demon versus, quote, Sister Abigail in a singles match. Why are you skipping the pre-show match, dude? Oh, the, the Drew Gallagher, uh, the gonna... Drew Gulak uh, PowerPoint presentation? No. Oh, well, that's on the pre-show, too. You, you're telling me. You're gonna listen. We I always ask. I've got to ask again. You're telling me you're gonna you're gonna skip Alicia Fox versus Sasha Banks. Um, Will you know Rich what? skip the pre-show match? This is the running bit that we do. You know now. what? I might not because the Drew Gulak uh, PowerPoint presentation sounds pretty intriguing. So I might actually watch. So that's a big draw for you. <laughs> I might watch that. Yeah. So that's I like, I like the Gulak, Gulak character. Power- do you like the Gulak character in Two Hundred Five Live? Because I do. I. I guess I don't know. I just like it because it's something. It's like, oh my god, somebody's showing some amount of personality on 205 Live. And it's like, even though it's like anti wrestling, like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's, but, see, but you're a man doing fucking but something. The, but Rich, here's the thing you're a man who has accepted that 205 Live is small guy raw. So you're okay with this. Right. A lot of people don't like the Gulak thing because they, they haven't yet accepted that 205 Live is small guy raw. Um, do you enjoy the DDT PowerPoint presentations? I do. I always find those pretty funny. I don't know what they're saying, but they, they seem funny. The crowd seems to laugh at everything that comes up on the, the PowerPoint. So, you know, yeah. so there's always like referees in compromising positions and then the crowd enjoys them. So, you know, hey, I'm sure they're so, great. So the, the, uh, there's a free DDT Corican show, by the way, on uh, what's the date there? If you haven't seen any DDT this year, they're putting their next Corican show free. Um, they're throwing a freebie out there. It's uh, Dino, Dan Shoku Dino is challenging uh, Takashita for the um, – the KOND title, Rich. We should plug that quickly. We should. That'll be that'll be fun. I'll definitely watch that. I mean, free, free's, free's good. Do, do, I like, Dino, I like free DDT. So. Dino won the general election, so he gets the title shot. Mm-hmm. So um, people think Dino can win. How about that? Are you are, are you in on Dino as the uh, Ooh, KOND that's, champ? Uh, that seems like a bridge too far there. I, I like I, Dino is okay. Some, but yeah, him is uh, no. I, He's I over. He's yeah, over. I know, I know but. I don't know. I I'd rather talk to Sheeta just win it, but or, or keep it. I you you it. like you like your Dino in the first half of the show, is what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm fine with him there, but it's like, yeah, don't don't invade my main events. I like DC main events are, are nice and pure and, and and solid. Like you know what I mean? Like I can you get very very upset at you know the the comedy undercards or whatever. I'm fine with them because I know what the, the second half is going to be solid to be decent wrestling or whatever. Yeah, I'd like I mean, to not muddy that. I'd like to kind of keep that separation there. No, I hear you. I mean, I don't get upset at the undercards. No, you are you are seething every time. I just don't watch them. I, I I know to skip them. You know, it's like I skip their first half of their shows, just like I skip the death matches in Big Japan. You know, but I'm not one of these guys who's like, ah, Big Japan should stop doing death matches. No, they should not. That's what they are. I just don't have to watch them. You see what I mean? Like I yeah, would just skip no, them. Of course. And Big Japan is very look, Big Japan and DDT for that matter, for the most part. Big Japan especially. They're very kind to basically split their shows in half. Yes, yeah. You can, it's, it's, here's our first half where everybody's going to yeah. meet each other with light poles and and, and do a, you know a power bomb through a cinder block, and then the second half's going to be a lot of you know big men slapping each other. It's like all right, cool, good, or you know guys putting on you know grappling displays or whatever, which is fine. That's good. Thanks. Yeah, because I, I, I haven't seen a big Japan death match in, in years because I don't have to. It's not like it's not like you're you're sitting down for the show 
it, it is so easy to just scroll to the part you want. You see, you, you see Yuji Okabayashi, and you're like, all right, good, cool. Like, I'm good to go for the rest of the show now. Or you see yes. Sakamoto, and you're like, ah, good. You know, for the next two hours, I'm, I'm good. Like, I'm, right. I, it's not like they have, well, here was this really great tag match, and now here's Ito, you know, throwing himself through a bunch of light poles or whatever. Like, right. it, it, it's good. You don't have to. Deathmatch stuff is generally the first half. Of, you know, sometimes they'll yeah. headline with the deathmatch title or whatever, but you could usually go right to the middle of the show and skip all that if you want. You know what I mean? And uh, you know, DDT, same thing. Generally, the comedy stuff is in the first half of the show. Yeah, right? especially for the big shows, like the big, you know, Sumo yeah. Hall shows or whatever, uh, or the Corkin shows too. They'll do the same thing where it's like, yeah, it's very obvious that that you know, um, that there's a, a, a tale of two halves in, in a lot of those matches. So yeah, it's good. And I, and I haven't seen a DDT. I haven't seen a single DDT match all year because of the streaming service. Um, I now the the free show you have to watch it live. Time I think it's 11 p.m. Eastern. So that's a very reasonable time if you live in the United States um, to, to watch this live show. I forget what day it is. This wasn't on the run sheet. I just randomly brought it up. But Big Japan, Rich, with the streaming service now. Um, so right, this is a great TLC preview we got going on here, by the way. So keep it up. Yes, yeah, so, you know, listen. You know, sometimes <laughs> things run. Sometimes things run amok. Not on this show. No, we're we're pretty. We try to stay. You know, in a pretty clear line here. So yeah, I don't know what you're trying to do here, but. Uh, no, I'm just listening. I'm I'm bringing up news of the day. Big Japan has a no, streaming not on this service show. now. So you know, we we stay on topic and and we nail that topic and we talk about that topic and that is our topic. I don't know why you're you're, you know, it's not what the Voice Wrestling Flexion podcast is about, they, sir. Don't know that there's a Big Japan streaming service now, and I'm informing the listener, Rich, is what we do. That there's a Big Japan streaming service, and for about eight bucks a month, just a few yen. Okay, you can get your Big Japan streaming service now. And if you want to watch Big Japan, it's going to be the only way you can watch it because, you know, the uploads are going to be few and far between uh, now that they're on the streaming service. So just like DDT, just like Stardom and uh, just like New Japan. So, uh, Rich, it seems like everyone is moving towards the. Uh, well, and you can't really blame them, right? No, sir? good. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, I mean, if you can do it and. and- and and they're going to make money off it, which obviously you know they've obviously done that calculus and they've they've decided go for them. I mean that's great. It, it speaks to um, you know a lot of ways uh, you know the growth in both in Japan and, and and maybe abroad as well. So yeah, I mean they've obviously done the math and they've they've decided it's a good idea. So go for them. I'm I'm glad. I mean it's unfortunately going to mean a lot less because you know the big Japan talk on this show because you know there's a lot to buy and there's a lot of these streaming services uh, to try to do. But I mean we'll try to watch as much as we can but yeah, as you said we, we really you know we used to talk a lot of DDT and now we we don't because you know there's 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 a finite amount of time in the day and there's a finite amount of money that we have to to, to you know devote to this hobby or whatever and there's a value calculus as well if you want to just you know jump into a big japan show because i got nothing to do whatever that's one thing versus every month i gotta pay eight bucks or whatever and if i'm not getting my value out of that then you know it's hard to justify it. that's what we've had with ddt as well and it, it you know I'm glad for them. I want them to go do that. Go ahead. But yeah, just, you know, word of warning, it, it's probably going to mean a lot less, you know, big Japan talk for us because, you know, it's, it's, I, yeah, so I'm getting the idea. You are, you will not purchase the big Japan streaming. Service. I won't. No, I might. It might be a thing where like when there's a big time show or, you know, they're big time, you know, sumo hall shows or whatever. I might subscribe for that month or whatever, but it, it, it's, it's something that I cannot justify every single month paying eight bucks for. I agree. I will not buy it. I do not buy the DDT service. Um, I, I we do. Talk about how we skip half the shows. I mean, yeah, right there. I you know fifty percent of what they produce or, or more than that. Even I, I don't, I, I don't want to watch. It, I'm never going to watch. So it's like you know, right, right then so and there. It's like, yeah, it's it's the DDT service. I plan on buying it maybe next month, and I'm going to watch all of the hyped matches. I'm just going to crash one weekend and watch them all. But it's only going to be a one month purchase, and I'll probably do something similar for Big Japan next year. Uh, I'm not gonna. It's not going to be, you know, I'm not auto paying and keeping that subscription alive all year. Is the point. 
Um, you know, it's just Big Japan is going to go to the back burner now, unfortunately, because it's like you're saying, it's not even about the $8. It's the time. I, you know, it's like it's it's if, if, if it's free and available, it, it's, you know, I'll watch them at my own leisure and my convenience. But if you're making me pay for it, I it just and I don't blame them for it, but I can't I can't justify the time versus the cost. Yeah, no, subscribe but, but more power, I'm glad for them. I'm glad as hell that they've gotten to the point where, where I mean, yeah. Big Japan, I mean, can you imagine that? I mean, uh, uh, six years ago, if I said, oh, yeah, Big Japan Wrestling will have a streaming service where you can watch all their shows. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it'd be nuts. It'd be insane. So I'm glad. I'm glad for them. I'm glad for DVT. And yeah, we're, we're starting to go to that model. And I'm, I'm sure if it's successful for, for Big Japan, you're going to see a lot of other, you know, secondary um, companies start doing it as well. Because yeah. Well, there's, almost, there's not many left. I mean, you've got Dragon Gate, All Japan, Noah. Um, it doesn't, you know, you know, Gayora, I guess, can flip the switch at any time and put Dragon Gate behind a paywall. Right, um, right. Now, I don't, I, I, I'm not in tune enough with the Japanese television scene to know if it's more cost effective for them to just keep it on television versus, um, you know, putting it behind a paywall. You know, I, I don't know those things. Uh, you know, obviously, I, I'm not a Japanese television expert. I don't know what kind of ad rates Dragon Gate is getting for Gayora when they air those shows on, shows on TV. But, uh, you know, I, I would eventually think that over time, everyone is going to move to that sort of model. Um, you know, uh, it, you know, unless they're owned by television entities that, that, that consider them, uh, more important as television properties. Right. So, um, you know, the days of just logging into a Pearl drive or whatever the heck and just watching whatever you want are probably slowly coming to an end. Um, or we're going to revert back and you're just going to have to look towards scummy sources like your Russian tubes or whatever to find this stuff, which I think if you probably looked hard enough, you can find DDT shows. Let's be honest. Right. Um, you go to your torrents um, and stuff like that if you really wanted to. Yeah. And I mean, and I'm not doing that. You know, I, I'm not going to look that hard for DDT. I don't mind paying them 10 bucks one month and just watching it all that way and contributing right. to their. Yeah, and, that, and that's probably what I'm going to be. I'm going to be one of those guys. And that's what I was for Flow Slam for a little while. We'll, we'll talk about Flow Slam, but I was that guy for Flow Slam. If there was an Evolve weekend that I really looked forward to, I, I subscribed that month and then I was out after that because it's like, you know, it's hard to justify. And right. again, like, and it's not the eight dollars like you're saying. That's not a big deal to me. I, I have eight dollars, but it's it's the idea that if I'm paying for it, I want to feel like I'm getting value out of it. You know, nothing in my life. I just I don't want to be. I have a ton of shit on my account every single yeah. month, and and I use twenty percent of it. Like to me, there's a value calculus there where it's like, all right, well, am I going to get eight dollars worth of value out of Big Japan's streaming service every single month? No, right. I you know. And was I going to get that out of DDT? No. I mean, there might be a month where I do. But, you know, not every single month. So that's the thing. You kind of drop in, drop out. How many Big Japan matches are you watching per month? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, at at most two. You know what I mean? Like, like, you know, big time hyped. You're watching a quirk in main event or, you know, a, a hyped match. That's not worth eight dollars to you, is all you're no, saying. No, yeah, and, and and the sumo hall show might be, and that'll be a month where I do, you know, and, right, and DDT, right. their big sumo hall shows or whatever. Yeah, I might watch those. You know, yeah, I might maybe subscribe if, maybe that if, a Peter, if a Peter Pan lineup appeals to you, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll watch that. But yeah, no, otherwise, you know, which is what no. a lot of people do with, with New Japan World, you know, because they spike at Wrestle Kingdom. Right. You know? Exactly. So it's it's the same sort of thing, but yeah. So TLC. So I'm not going to watch Alicia Fox, Sasha Banks, but I might because I'm not going to try to, but I might be so um, enthralled with the PowerPoint that I end up do watching uh, Alicia Fox. Gulak is a draw for you. Indeed. And you may accidentally see Alicia Fox versus Sasha Banks. Right. Have Mickey James for the women's title, Rich. Oh, let me ask you this. God, she's so old at Mickey James. God, she's like decrepitly old. I mean, sure, she's younger than Tamina, but ah, she's so old. 
Is that a common complaint amongst the fans? Betty White. Ew. You know, she likes Betty White because she's so old, Joe. Betty White. Did you like that joke? The, the, the writer wrote Betty, like, and like Betty White had her. Remember, there was like a time where Betty White was like, am I, wait, am I adding a loop on something here? Is the storyline to this match that she's old? Yes. <laughs> have you not been watching? I have not seen a, uh, a full yeah, three James old as fuck. You don't know that? She's like decrepitly old. She's basically like Mae Young. I thought this was a fan thing you were banging on. No, this God, is- no, no. This is like, a, a, like Alexa makes like old jokes at her all the time. Oh, like, okay. old, she said, "Oh, well, you're gonna get one of your friends, like Betty White, to come help you or whatever." And I was like, Thanks. "Betty White." I was like, "Cause my point was like Betty White had a time like five years ago when like hot in Cleveland was you know hot, you know what I mean? Like you could make like Betty White jokes and people were like, "Oh yeah, she's an old." I is Betty White still like a, a top of mind old person these days? Uh, probably not. You're right. I think there was a heyday for Betty White. I mean, there was those Snickers commercials, hot in Cleveland. Like she was doing, she had kind of re put herself into the the, the spotlight. But I feel like that's sort of went away the now. Pop again. culture map for really around what 2014 or so. Um, yeah, you're right. She did have a resurgence. You're right. Hot in Cleveland. Then she had that uh, God, I, I had a goofy re- time that loved hot in Cleveland. I was just like, like whenever they like, I was like, this show's fucking terrible. It's Valerie like- Bertinelli, right? No, but the only reason I watched it, it, it made the girlfriend then, you know, the then girlfriend upset is I was like, well, Valerie Burnett, she's a babe. And then she would just like be like, well, why do you think like and get like upset that I thought she was hot? And I was like, I got to find some reason to watch this shitty show that you're making me watch. So why would you pick on Betty White anyway? She's got to be pushing 100 at this point. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, well, no, like no, a- they're not. Picking on, they're not picking on Betty White. Betty White is aware of how old she is. They're picking yeah. on Mickey James. She's old as fuck. Betty White seems like a pleasant woman. Wasn't she a guest host of Raw at one point? <laughs> you might be correct. Yeah. I believe she was. Um, 95, born in a, a town that I lived in. I don't know if Betty White was from that town. There you go. Oak Park, Illinois. I was in Oak Park. She's from Oak Park, Park, huh? Yeah. Remember when you used to hear, uh, every time I would do a podcast and you hear uh, uh, like police sirens going off or whatever, that's that's when I lived in Oak Park. So. She's not bad for 95. I mean, if I'm going to bang a 95-year-old, it might be Betty White, <laughs> right? Not this discussion, but, but I agree. Yeah, no, it's not bad. No, I mean for ninety-five, she's not that. She's not bad for a ninety. Again, pound for pound. Yeah, pound for pound, as far as ninety-five-year-old. 95 yeah. You know, well, if you'd swap her with a twenty-six-year-old, <laughs> you know, that's like There's, the yeah, same argument. Yeah, yeah. But but yeah. So, uh, are you a big Betty White fan? Uh, you didn't like Hot in Cleveland. Were you a Golden Girls fan? Be uh, careful, because if Mikey Falcone's listening, <laughs> no, I like it. Golden Girls is fun. Golden Girls is a, a show that a good like, show. At the time, I was like, "What the fuck? Who would ever watch?" But like now, as you've gotten older, like the jokes are funny. Like you know what I mean? Like you're like, yeah, you know what? I am like my back does kind of hurt, and like yeah, kids are assholes. Like you know, at the time, you're like this. Show, you know, when you're 15 or whatever, you're watching it, or because you know the reruns. Are, see it, and I, I I'll watch it for a little while. That's you know. The thing, the thing about Golden Girls, though, is it had some real adult humor. Yeah, oh, yeah. They were banging everybody on that block. I mean, those, yeah, those you know, were, Golden, yeah. Yeah, you know, Golden I Girls. just women there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, so, uh, you know, I, I was, I, I enjoyed the Golden Girls. Of course, our good friend Mikey Falcone, that's one of his favorite shows of all time, you know. So, uh, yeah, what else? Uh, you, you know. Sorry, so I'm going to trying to think of, like, hot, um, older well, Helen Mirren's, Helen Mirren's like the, 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 the go-to and she's like, what, 70 or something like that or 72? Yeah, she, she could be Betty White's child. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. That Betty White is, is incredibly old. I'm unfortunately, I'm not going to Google search like hot 90 year olds. So, um, I'm trying to get off the top of my head. Really fucking old. Were you a fan of the Mary Tyler Moore show, Rich? Uh, eh, you know, I, I'll be honest. I didn't watch much of it. Never saw too much of that, huh? Nah, yeah. No, yeah. A few I can't. Episodes here and there. You know, I can't really kill you for that because it was, it, it was like on before I was born. 
and 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 it wasn't a big rerun show. You know what I mean? Like when you're sitting home on a weekend or a weekday night after school, like Mary Tyler Moore wasn't in like the usual syndicated rotation. So I could see where you may. Right, it was like a Nick at, like a little Nick at Night, but like I watched more yeah. like the Nick at Night when I was growing up was like Bewitched. I watched a lot of that. Uh, I Dream yeah. of Genie was on a lot, so I watched a lot of those shows. Mary Tyler Moore never really was on that run all that much. Yeah, I can't. I can't kill you. I can't kill you. I could kill you for not for claiming you didn't know more than one Cranberry song. No, that's can, fair. And I could kill you for pretending not to know more than one Led Zeppelin song because you absolutely do. You just don't know the <laughs> titles. But I can't kill you for the Mary Tyler Moore thing. No. That's I. That may have slipped through your cracks. I get it. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. See, here's the thing: not many people make it to 95. So how can you really judge who's a you know bangable 95 year old? Yeah, yeah, that's. That's that's because you're yeah. talking about fucking corpses at this point, you know. And I, if you're not into necrophilia, then uh, you know she doesn't have a ton of competition, is what I'm saying, Rich. In terms of uh, 95 year olds, but this is all about TLC. And <laughs> we, uh, you know, people always complain that we maybe you know don't do enough or we don't talk long enough about uh, WWE. Well, here you go. This has been a, a nearly half hour WWE uh, TLC preview. Okay, and we're not even we're two matches yes, in, and we're only two matches in. A serious comment here, though. I think that um, Alexa Bliss should win, but with this company, you never fucking know. I could see Mickey James winning this match, which this is just tailor-made for young rising star beats a star from another generation, right? Uh, The star Clean in the middle, star from the other generation, puts her over. But I could see them having Mickey James win this simply to do a one-week television angle the next week Mm -hmm. on Raw. You know, and that's everything that's wrong with the booking in this company. There's the, the lack of long-term direction, especially the deeper you go on the card. There's yeah. just less of a concern and a less of a care for long-term direction. And it's just, and the especially problem. the women. And I think you mentioned that in your preview as well, that, that we yeah. can talk all we want about the divas revolution and all this and all that. When you really go down to it and yes, they're having better matches, but when you go down to the booking of it, it's still shit. It's still multi-women, you know, ah, whatever, grab all of them and put them out there or whatever, or just really like lame storylines where the women bicker at each other and stuff like, yeah, the wrestling is better and the characters are presented better and they're not stripping each other to the, you know, their underwear or whatever. But when you really look down at it, it's, it's not much better than it's been, you know, other than they're having better matches and they're way more talented. But at the end of the day, it's still booked like utter shit. It's, it's not good. It's just, you know, quickie title changes, random things and, and, you know, people insulting one another. So it's, it's not great. Asuka versus Emma. So Emma will be the first victim of Asuka. Will Asuka change all this? Um, will Asuka come in and buzzsaw through everybody, stay undefeated, beat Alexa Bliss, and dominate this title? Well, uh, she's going to win this match, but I have no faith that they're going to do it well. So I, I don't know. Uh, this one she's going to – she should, hopefully. I mean, if this is – I, this is what I hope and pray with this match is that it's not the Dolph Ziggler Shinsuke Nakamura match where it was like 15 minutes back and forth. Asuka needs to get in there and get out. Three minutes, four minutes, five minutes, whatever. This needs to be her dominating Emma. Emma doesn't I'm need thinking, to get more than two, two offensive thinking, moves and then get out of there. I hear you, brother. I'm thinking about 40 seconds for this one. Just kill her. That would be fine. She comes in the ring, bell rings, kicks, kicks her, throws her into submission, taps, done. Emma's Asuka a non entity. No, okay. they, they clearly don't care yeah, about it. Right, her. right. Um, you know, Emma's stock has just plummeted after it looked like. <laughs> just weird, I don't get it. Like, what? huh? There's this attractive woman who's good at wrestling. I don't know what to do with her. Whatever. Ah, fuck it. Just go do whatever. Like, you know, it could be something backstage. I mean, she did have the deal where she, you know, stole shit from Walmart and got fired for a week a couple years back. Yeah, and yeah. She could be flaky. She could be someone who maybe yeah, they don't trust. You know trust. what I do with somebody that, that I don't trust and I think is flaky? I don't run like a year and a half of, of promo videos about them coming. Yeah, 
that, that's what I would do. You know, if I didn't trust somebody, if I said, oh, geez, I can't really put any stock in this person, I don't think I'd say, hey, let's produce a bunch of videos about her and play them every single week for, for months on end. Yeah. And I mean, I'm just speculating. I have no idea. But I just, just no, no, I, I, I get you. But get to the bottom yeah, of it. No, I, I get you. But I see her as obviously they see her as just you know a jobber on the woman's side as she'll be fed here to Asuka. But I mean, I, if this were another time, she'd probably be cut. But they don't cut anybody anymore. I mean, they just they refuse to cut people. It's it's pretty crazy, right? Like no one gets cut from this company unless they ask or walk out. <laughs> they, they, uh, people figure out you a know, new way to do it. You just, you just don't it, show up, <laughs> or you show up and right. then you leave. Yeah, just stop coming to work is the only way. It's like they just stockpile talent. You know, if this were the time where they were still, you know, cutting mass groups of people twice a year, I think she'd certainly be on the chopping block. Uh, what's interesting here is so we've got if you count the pre-show, there's three women's matches on this show. How about that? And there's two matches on this show. Two. I mean, we're talking about usually the, the, the 205 Live title is on the pre-show. So, Rich, do you think this uh, speaks to them giving opportunities to two underused divisions? Or do you think this speaks to the fact that just about every viable wrestler uh, on the brand is in one match on the show? I was going to say, yeah, when you, have, when you have 15 people in the main event, then, yeah, you're, you're kind of out of other matches. Because, yeah, you can, uh, if you broke that up into just make it like a tag match or just make it even a three-on-three, you, you, you got a few more other opportunities for people. I think, I think it's more that than any yeah. concerted effort. So, so, but let me ask you this. Do you think there's a possibility – that there's a second 205 live match on this show because Neville just quit. Austin Aries is talking shit publicly. The morale is clearly down on that show. We've heard the whispers. Uh, maybe they're annoyed at their video game payoffs uh, that I talked about last week. And, and maybe this is kind of, all right, let's start throwing these guys a bone. Okay, let's give them a second match on the pay-per-view. You know, or do you strictly, are you going to be cynical and just say it's because of lack of depth because there's so many guys in the main event? No, I, I think there might be something to that where, 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 you know, maybe the lack of depth has, as they could have just, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not the worst thing to do. If you're looking at the show and looking at, Hey, look, what can we book on this? You could book just a random ass match with, you know, two guys anywhere on the roster or whatever, or you can throw them a bone and, and put them on there. I mean, this is, yeah, I, I think that, I think there's something to be said for it. I don't know that necessarily it's, it, it is that reason, but I do think, yeah, I do think it's a possibility that, that, that they say, hey, look, we don't have a ton else on this card. Why don't we throw them a bone and, or, you know, maybe book two? So of a combination of both, a lack of depth on the I, show. Yeah, I think, I think it's a little, a little bit of B. Yeah, I think the lack of depth gave them an opportunity to do what they're doing. Does that sure. make sense? Yeah, yeah. So the two matches we're talking about, Callisto defends against Enzo Amore, and then they're doing a tag bout. The Brian Kendrick and Jack Gallagher. Jack Gallagher, uh, after that long feud over whether Jack Gallagher was a clown Who or not. You mean Jack Gallagher? Yeah, Jack Gallagher. That's what I said. So after that, yeah, okay, after it. that long feud where Jack Gallagher uh, was being called a literal clown by there Brian you Kendrick, you got it. yeah, Gallagher, got it. correct. Uh, yeah, yeah, you got it. They are now uh, joined forces. Rich Jack Gallagher literal, as a, a heel. literal clown. You're not lying. That's the no, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you're using literally in the actual way that it's meant to be used. Like because he was yeah, literally absolutely. a clown. Yeah, he, he literally was accusing him of being a clown. Uh, with paint and a nose and fucking big shoes, all, uh, the whole nine. And so now Gallagher's a heel. And now he wrestles because he's British. They need you to know that this man is British. So he wrestles in like a British man would dress in 1920. Like that's what he wrestles in. He's got like brown dress shoes and a nice like uh, like uh, fucking 
like a burlap vest and a long sleeve shirt and, uh, you know, with his, with his dopey curly mustache. So uh, they're just pounding home. The old subtlety hammer, Rich. Oh, this yes. man is British and he's dressed appropriately. Evil British. <laughs> for, for World War One era Britain. Right. And, 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 and he's evil. So and, and and I don't know if you noticed, but he's slipping all over the place in those fucking shoes in the ring. I mean, it's just a disaster waiting to happen. Why can't the man just wear his fucking little Roderick Strong style wrestling boots that he likes to wear with his 1910s British wear? I don't understand. Yeah. Wear, the, wear the shitty little boots and get out of the dress. This, this poor guy is going to break an ankle. I'm telling you right now, if he doesn't put on the shitty little boots, no one would care. Okay, he can get the old timey looking boots too. How would you know that he's evil and or British if he doesn't have evil and or British shoes? Yeah, I mean, how rich you've convinced me you make a good (laughs) right. I mean, how could you possibly tell the story of of a man being you know what he is without you know? So they'll they'll face uh, Cedric Alexander and Rich Swan. So they've got a little program between these two teams going on to a five lap. So they throw him a bone here, they get a second match. A um, little bit of speculation out there, I think, in our preview that maybe Jack Gallagher has been uh, leading the Brian Kendrick on and will turn oh. on him. I always hate that story because then why did he spend weeks and weeks beating up his friends? <laughs> you know, I always You're really asking. You're really, really. It's, but no, I'm just saying, like, in general, and that's not even just a WWE thing. It's a wrestling trope, right? Where it's like, Frankie Kazarian just did that in Ring of Honor, remember? Yeah, where he like fucked everybody up for three weeks and was like, ha ha, I'm back with you guys. And it's like, why are you spending weeks and weeks? Kyle drove me like into the ground. Like, you nearly broke my neck. Like, yeah, you're beating up Christopher Daniels on a weekly basis, but it was all a ruse. And I'm really (laughs) on your side, pal. We we fooled them all. You hit me with a chair that hurt a lot. Like, that's, you know. Yeah, so I, I don't know if that's where they're going, but I could totally see that being correct. I don't know if I should credit August or the other dude. Who was the other guy? Uh, Andrew Sinclair, a good personal Andrew, friend. Andrew yeah, a good personal friend of mine. I don't know which one I should credit, but one of them had that theory, I believe, and they could be on to something there. But uh, but uh, look, nice to see a little 205 match here, getting a little bit of time. Callisto, Enzo Amore. Obviously, I think Enzo Amore has a very good chance of winning this match. Callisto is an accidental champion. It was supposed to be Enzo Amore defeating Neville on that Raw, so they kind of just panicked, put Callisto in the match, and put him over. I like Callisto as a wrestler. I always have. He's a Chicago guy. We liked him in Dragon Gate USA. You liked him on the local scene. Uh, I don't see him as any kind of star, even at the 205 Live level. I kind of just see him as a guy. So um, I don't think he's the long-term answer on this show. I think uh, I'd rather watch him wrestle than Enzo, but I think Enzo has much more star potential than this guy. Um, And I think maybe that was just a quickie television deal um, to spark a little interest. And I could easily see Enzo winning the title back here. I do too. No, I, I, I a hundred percent believe that Enzo's winning the title back here. I mean, we, that was, it, it was surprising at the time. And it was just one of those little, Oh my God, look what happened things. And it got you to this match or whatever. got you to, yeah. you know, a, a few weeks story to tell. And, and that's how they treat titles. So yeah, I, I, I fully believe Enzo's winning the title back here. I don't think Kalisto is a long-term champion at, at, at any level. What do we got left here? Oh, the demon versus Sister Abigail, which you wanted to get right into. In this oh, I, oh, yeah, yeah couldn't you. wait, couldn't wait. No, I, well, well, the floor is yours then, sir. Oh, Tell man. me all about oh. the demon versus Sister Abigail. Oh, man, so you had man versus man. Their first match was a man versus man match. Um, it was Finn Balor, uh, who, who the demon. I don't know if you know the demon. Is, no, is, sir, the, that was their second match. Okay, no, no, didn't they? Ha- they had a man versus man match. Then Finn Balor had to do the demon. And then he defeated him as the demon. And then Bray said, well, you defeated me as the demon. 
but you haven't defeated me as Finn. You are correct. You're right. <laughs> Even though he did. Yeah. <laughs> so then Finn said, all right, I'll go man versus man with you. Even though we did that already. <laughs> we did that, but we're going to do it again. Right. And if that doesn't settle it, Bray said, I'm going to bring out Sister Abigail. And correct. there was a buzz of who could the Sister Abigail be. Turns out it was just Bray Wyatt in like a cloth <laughs> white makeup. But it terrified young Finn Balor. And Finn realized the only way that he could possibly defeat Sister Abigail is to bring out the demon. The only way. <laughs> so the demon is back. Even though he beat him twice. <laughs> Sans demon. Um, how many times does he have to beat this guy? He literally, he, like, he, he legitimately won all three matches, right? <laughs> he won as the demon for sure. No, he won as the demon, a thousand percent. I know he won as a demon. I don't know if he, he won the man. Did he win the man versus man match last month? I already he won, forgot. Yeah. He won the standard one-on-one match that Bray challenged him to to settle things. The second one, at least. But I'm pretty sure he won the first one too, right? All right, let's let's fire this up here. Yeah. Uh... So what the fuck? What? Why does Bray keep getting? Why does he keep agreeing to face the man? Oh, what does he have God. left to prove? Uh, actually, no. Okay, so I have this wrong. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So in their first man versus man match at uh, Monday Night Raw number 1264. Oh, they had a pay-per-view match too, but go ahead. No, 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 no. That was the first match. Bray Wyatt defeated Finn Balor. In the pay-per-view match? No. In the, in uh, at WWE Monday Night Raw number 1264 okay. uh, on 814. Then Finn brought the demon out at ah. SummerSlam ah. at the Barclays Center. Yeah. And defeated Bray Wyatt. Right. And then at No Mercy... Bray said, you do it man versus man. Right. So, Bray, and so Finn beat him hey, so, in the so, man versus man match. So right, right. definitively ending the feud and ending all, all idea that, that Bray has any competition because Finn beat him as the demon and then proved that he could beat him man to man. Right. And beat him clean after Bray attacked him before the match. <laughs> exactly. But then Bray threw the curveball. He says, Sir Abigail's coming. Right. And Finn is terrified. I mean, I, I was personally terrified too. And I, I get why Finn was shaking in his boots uh, and, and, and could not believe that Bray Wyatt with voice modification and a cloth over his face um, was Sister Abigail. So it's just, it, it's unbelievable, this story. Uh, the, the roller coaster of emotions, the perfect around Halloween as well. Cause I mean, it, it, it's just, um, yeah, it, it's one of the great horror stories of our time, uh, one of the great wrestling stories of our time. And uh, finally, they're going to settle it the demon versus Sister Abigail, who's, uh, Who's the best? And this this eight month story arc um, <laughs> might be done. I don't think it'll be done. I think because now we can get because <laughs> Bray's because Bray's gonna win as Sister Abigail and then Finn's no, gonna say I'll no, be the no, demon, no. but you'll be Bray Wyatt. No, sir, the demon will win, but then okay. Sister Abigail is gonna say I challenge you to a man versus cross dresser match because oh, you so have Finn has to be Finn and beat yes. Sister Abigail. Correct. I got you. Yes. Okay. Right, and then. Wait, Maybe. are you saying that – so Bray Wyatt is Sister Abigail. Are we to assume did I just that? Did I unmask her? I, are we supposed to assume that? I don't know. I did couldn't I, tell her voice was a little Abigail? different. So. I, yeah. I, listen, we unmask people here. It's what we do, <laughs> you know? It's a fucking feud. Does anybody like this? Anybody Maybe, in the world? Maybe he'll challenge Finn after he loses that one to a cross-dresser versus cross-dresser match. And maybe Finn will have to cross-dress, mm-hmm. right? And he could be like Finola Balor mm-hmm. or – or Demona, sister, Demona or something, yeah, like yeah, or you know, Sister O'Shaughnessy or something, you know, that's that's very Irish, yeah. um, you know. So there's many possibilities and many roads to go down to keep this baby alive until WrestleMania. <laughs> I don't know that goes. 
I don't know if I can handle WrestleMania. I don't. I don't. I think they'll be facing each other till WrestleMania. The good thing though is that it's now reached the point. Like it was annoying for a while, but I think I've. I think I'm really close to the fun bad point of this. Are Are you there quite oh, yet? Oh come on! It's it, yeah. It's Bray Wyatt and Drag. If this isn't okay, fun bad, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was annoying bad for a while, but now I hope that it goes on for like nine months. Just so I could, because you know you're going to turn it on, you know you're going to laugh at it, and that there's not going to be anybody in the world that's going to try to tell you that it's good. You know what I mean? Like, you don't right. have to worry about that. Like, everybody knows it's utter shit. And, yeah. and that's good. We need that. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to this just to see what the fuck is going on here. I mean, is it just going to be Bray Wyatt with like a fucking veil over his face? I mean, what is, I mean, is it going to be Bray Wyatt in his, uh, movie theater ticket taker outfit with a veil over his face. Did he drop that outfit? Is he back to wearing like I don't I, you know anything is, is possible when you're Strabgill, so I don't know. Is he back to dressing like a butcher? He's had many looks. He had the he had the uh the Cape Fear, you know, Robert De Niro slash um who was in the original Cape Fear? Why am I asking you? You definitely yeah. don't know the no, answer I to that. Know. I don't I've watched like eight movies my entire life, so that's Yeah. Uh and, you know mercy look with the with like the you know the flowered shirt um then he looked like a butcher like the text he was doing like a texas chainsaw massacre thing and then remember for a while there he was dressing dressing like a movie usher you know (laughs) he looked like he's taking your ticket for like fast and the furious 12 right and leading you to your seat or walking around with the little flashlight to break up teenagers giving each other head or whatever in the theater you know (laughs) that's what he was dressed like you know, it was a huge flashlight, too. That's what I love uh, about that flashlight. It's not like you're because they have like normal flashlights, but it's like that big fucking giant one that goes from like it's like it, you know, it blinds you if you look at it and it's big and black and heavy. And like, you know, you just yeah. kind of click it and he's always holding it by this point. Like, he's never holding it at the end of it, it's always like really close. He's holding it at the, at the, at the base, sure, and clicking yeah. it on. Like, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> he really should have been carrying around one of them flashlights when he had that look going on. But I'm wondering if he'll just have one of those looks with the veil or he'll have a whole new look. You think it'll be like we wearing a dress like Vito? Remember Vito with the dress? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big Vito. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, I really don't know. I think Robert Mitchum was the original uh, crazy guy in the first Cape Fear, right? Wasn't it? I think um, it was Robert. It was Robert Mitchum, and I think uh, Gregory De Niro? Peck. Was De Niro in that? Or no, was De Niro that? was the remake. De Niro was the remake. The remake was De Niro and Nick Nolte. Oh, okay, okay. You're talking about the original. Okay, I got the it. original Cape yeah, Fear. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think the 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 crazy guy was Robert Mitchum, and I think the like the the protagonist was Gregory Peck. But I I I I or yeah, I think that was the case. Like Nick Nolte, Gregory Peck was Nick Nolte, and Robert Mitchum was Robert De Niro. And then Waylon Mercy was Robert De Niro and Robert Mitt. You see what I'm saying? Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then Bray Wyatt was Waylon. It's like going down the chain there, you know, because it very clearly Waylon Mercy was based on. I think he was more based on the De Niro version of the character. Though. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then Bray Wyatt was based on, you know, Dan Spivey version of the character. And then here we are. Now he's wearing a veil. <laughs> so I don't know what the fuck is going on. We've drifted very far from Cape Fear. Cape Fear, the remake considered a very good movie most remakes you know but you know most people consider it right there with the original what are we doing here we got any matches left on this show yeah we got the main event five on three handicapped tables ladders and chairs buddy are you kidding yeah so uh yeah the alliance to end roman mania the alliance to end the shield it's it's gonna happen yeah Doomsday I mean, Cage. you know Let's go. I what I'm what really are we gonna do? Go. You know? you know what I, I I so you're looking at this and, and you know the reason you look at the shield and there's three members of the shield. It's Dean Ambrose, 
Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. And, and despite the fact that Roman Reigns, this is his yard and he is the big dog, uh, and they are the Hounds of Justice. Mm-hmm. Um, there's five men on that other team, Joe. And I can't help but say, you know, five, three, are those you odds. Sure it's only five I don't points? like those odds. They're insurmountable odds. Well, Zeke the- Gangsta is going to appear at any moment, and that, that'll obviously make it six on three. Jeep um, Swenson? Yeah. No, no, Zeke Gangsta was, uh, was Zeus. The Jeeps was the uh, ultimate. No, because he was something, and then they the realized, ultimate. wait a minute, that's what the Hitler called. <laughs> well, yes, Jeep Swenson was, Jeep Swenson <laughs> the, was the final ultimate, solution at first, the and then they realized, the, Yeah, what? the final solution. Yeah, that was a bad idea. Maybe let's call him something different. It'd be a real bad idea in the current political climate to call someone the final solution. And then, yes, the Zeke Gangsta, which was uh, Zeus, of course. I just love the way Kevin Sullivan would say Zeke Gangsta with his Boston yeah. accent. You know, <laughs> Zeke Gangsta. You know, it was just, you know, he was like, uh, yeah, it was Kevin Sullivan, you know, and then, and then Kevin Sullivan was in the match and, um, yeah, who else, who else was in that match? Arn Anderson, know. unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You know. Barbarian Ming, uh, the taskmaster was in there. Yes. yes. Lex Luger, Lex Luger. Yeah. Luger. You're right. So I'm really hoping Arn Anderson is the agent <laughs> for this match. Like, Wouldn't that just, we'd become full circle, right? And he could talk about all the spots he did with Hogan in 96 in a very similar spot. Um, a lot of spec, look, the handicap match, I fucking hate these things. And I particularly hate the way this company does it. Um, I, I used to track it, but I, I've stopped. But John Cena was something insane. Wasn't he like, it was, it was literally like 90 wins against two losses in company history. Uh, for John Cena in handicap situations, either one versus two, one versus three, one versus four, two versus four, whatever. He had like 90 wins versus two or three losses. Triple H used to squash two guys at a time all the time. His most famous opponents were Cade and Murdoch, who were the tag team champions at the time, and he would beat them on TV every week. Um, you know, so it's like in this company, they always tell this lame story of the baby faces overcoming the odds and winning these handicap matches, which to me, all it does is emasculate your heels. Rich, if five heels cannot beat these guys, why would I ever pay to watch them go in a fair fight? Right, yeah, right? one-on-one. Why would I ever go watch them do one-on-one? Yeah, if these five yeah, idiots mean, can't figure out how to beat three guys, right, it should be an automatic win, but yeah. Which, I mean, it, and it sounds like a little petty complaint, but then this is part of why this, the, what you like to say, the star-making machine is broken. Because the heels are never strong in this fucking company. And part of the reason is they lose handicap matches all the time or they can never win without doing something nefarious. And then you can't create compelling matchups and you can't uh, make it look like your baby faces are in any sort of peril because it's like they're always dominant over these buffoon-like heels. Right, yeah, and that's not good either. You want Sometimes you want your baby faces to look, especially like you're saying, in these handicap matches, and, and, and you always allude to Dragon Gate. does them great. Like, yes. you know, if, they're, if guys are down in like a unit survival match, Whatever. Jimmy Susumu, that's a perfect example. We talked about the Jimmy's match from yes. a few uh, a few weeks ago. Jimmy Susumu was was down 3-1 or he down 2-1. I forgot what it was exactly. And he fought like fucking hell to win. And the crowd loved him for it because it was like, this guy is not giving up. He's He, he, he's, he will not let us down. He's not going to let us down. He's going to do this. He's going to do it or whatever. And then he ultimately loses. But in the end of the day, people respect him for trying and respect him for not giving up and respect him because he, he, he showed humility and he showed humanity in there of, of busting his ass but realizing, God damn it, I just can't do it. These two guys are just too much for me. They I overcame him. Do it. Right. They, they beat and, him. And, 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 and he was better off. If, he would have been an absolute shit. If Jimmy just drops a bunch of fucking moves on him and pins both guys, it's like, oh, well, that's not really. Yeah, well, that's. The Sumu looks T-Hawk and Shingo look like geeks. And then how are you supposed to make any money with T-Hawk and Shingo as your lead heels if they can't even beat Jimmy Susumu two-on-one? 
Right. And, and and the other great example from Dragon Gate is when they did BB Hulk versus the entire Mad Blanky stable. And he had to beat them in a in a elimination match. And BB Hulk fought his ass off. He beat the first couple of geeks. You know what I mean? He he beat Mondai Ryu and he beat Cyber Kong or whoever it was. I might be getting some of the people wrong. But when he got down to the big boys of the of the unit, it was too much to overcome. And he fought to the death. But he couldn't overcome you know, your Naruki Doys or whoever it was. I, I don't remember the particulars right now. Um, and that's the way you do a handicap match because it make your baby face gets over for fighting hard and, and not backing down. Right, right. Uh, you you win by losing in a lot of ways. Yes. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it's, it's in a lot of ways showing the, the hum, showing that humanity in your baby faces where it's like they didn't win because of course they wouldn't win. They're, it's five on three or whatever, but man, they busted their ass and they tried to do it. God, he showed some guts. Right. God, he showed some heart. You know, and and, and 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 you know, but but at the same time, you're not burying your heels. Your heels, you know, your top, your three or four heels should beat one baby face. It doesn't make the baby face look bad. But this is what this company always does, and you know that's what they're going to do here, unless they have some kind of wacky storyline advancement thing up their sleeve. Which fine, I know there's some speculation that people think Braun is just going to get frustrated with the Miz or frustrated with Kane and just walk out on them, you know, or, or or destroy his own teammates or whatever the case, and 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 leave the match. And but but I mean, in just on its face, face value here, five a, a, a heel team with five heels, all of them upper mid carders, one of them a potential future star should never lose to three baby faces. A team with Braun with a numbers advantage should not lose to baby faces. Yeah, well, I, this well, company, that's I want to talk about do. Braun here in a sec because I think he he's one of the, the, the guys that I look at in this entire match. And and, and yeah, but, but but go ahead, finish, finish your part. And then I want to talk about Braun a little bit. Yeah, so I mean, unless they have some kind of storyline thing up their sleeve or, you know, the other speculative thing is that Kane is simply here to lose. Um, but it's like... <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah, I mean, what Kane. the fuck? I mean, fuck Kane? Off with Kane. Get the fuck out of here. I mean, and here's the thing. Do they really think they need to do this to get the shield over? Yes. Do they really yes. think they need they do. to stack the uh, – everyone has been cl- dying to see the shield back together. This was easy, Rich. <laughs> right. It could have just been the Miz and the bar. You didn't need to do this. But the demon Kane. It's excessive. The demon Kane, though. It's just over excessive bullshit. The shield doesn't need this, you know. And here's the crazy thing, Rich. This is the TLC match. I bet you it's real fucking good. Yeah, no, I'm. Sure I bet you the match is real fucking good. You're gonna have these guys killing each other, but it's 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 you're gonna be distracted by the utter shit that it, that is the booking of this. But go ahead and make your brawn point, I guess. Well, so so Braun is really, I think, the big loser of this entire match because he is just a guy. You know what I mean? He's just there. He's just a, one of the five at this point. And yeah, you can say, oh, he'll beat up everybody else or he'll do this or he'll do that or whatever. We're, we're really coming to a point again, and, and we've mentioned this time and time again, but for people that really bought into the, the Braun is the guy and Braun's the man and Braun's the star or whatever, we said at the time, and, and, and it keeps, unfortunately, rearing its ugly head, Braun is, is a trend. They use him as a guy to heat up other guys. Whether we like it or not, it's not Braun's time, and they don't think it's Braun's time. I think it is. I think Braun's great. I think he could be a star if they really wanted to, but we saw. He built it up, built it up, built it up, and then just loses to Brock Lesnar. Just easily loses to Brock Lesnar, and then we realize, oh, geez, well, he's only there to heat up Brock to get ready for Roman. That's all he was there for. And now we're seeing in this match that he is just going to be a pawn. He's a five-on-three. Whatever. Like, yeah, he might attack his guys. He might do whatever, but he's just a guy. 
it makes him look like utter shit that he's just one of these five guys in this match. Yeah. Braun doesn't need to be that sort of guy. Braun needs to be on an island all of his own and a guy that's just a fucking ass kicker and just destroys you or whatever. Even, him be- even if they protect him here, it's kind of... Yeah, know, he's just a guy. A, yeah, he's yeah. just one of the many guys on this. And, and, and Braun doesn't need to be one of those guys. Braun is, Braun is head and shoulders above being one of those guys. You know, Cesaro, Sheamus, Miz, those are guys. Those are just, you know, guys that you, yeah. Upper mid-card guys or mid-card guys. Right, Braun is not. Protect Braun. Do do stuff with Braun. Really, really hone that in and make it something. But, but we, we, we're we working ourselves into a shoe with that because that's not how they see him. Yeah, as we feared. Yeah. As we feared, his role was to heat up Roman for Brock Lesnar mm-hmm. in the long term with and that. Heat up, and heat up Lesnar for, for, for Roman and kind yeah. of do both, yeah. Yeah, correct. To heat up those guys for each other. And it's like yep. when they had that four-way thing going with Lesnar, Braun, Roman, and Joe, Joe got hurt. And then uh, you know, it's it's his role was to was to ultimately put Roman over. Cause it's 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 like we always say, get out of the way. The Roman train is coming. Clear a fucking path. People who say that they're not a million percent behind Roman are just so lost. I mean, everything in this company is designed to get Roman Reigns over. You know, even when they have something like this guy where it's it's a potential a guy that was on the verge of breaking through. He really was on the verge of breaking through. Oh, and, they had a start. Know, they had a, they, he was there. We talked about that yeah. you know, a few years ago. We had the Dean Ambrose thing. He comes out and, and climbs that ladder against Seth Rollins. I think it was at SummerSlam. And it's like, boom, you got him. And then, then he's squirting mustard at people. <laughs> it's like, oh, never mind. You don't have him. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you they know, had that with Braun. I mean, Braun this summer. After that, yeah. after that four-way, they, it was there. And we fell for it again because we speculated, oh, maybe they'll switch gears and go with Braun. <laughs> yeah, Not a fucking fuck. chance. It's, always, a, fuck. Yeah, it's always about Roman. Always. So, you know, they're going to get fucking Nate there in love with Randy Orton 2.0. That's fine. They just have a, you know, it, but they, they never want to take a chance on someone who can really break through at the next level. And that's not saying it's a guarantee that Braun would have. It's not saying it's a guarantee that Dean would have. But, man, I think their ceilings would have been higher. But who knows if they would have reached it, but they didn't even they don't even want to find out. I think it's too late for Dean. And if you keep doing shit like this with Braun, it'll be too late for him. Unless they really do something special with him here and he just destroys the shield. But why would you do that after Roman beat him already? That would be counterproductive. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So it's like obviously they're just gonna do some kind of wacky gimmick here with Braun. No, no, he's just definitely, to- he'll beat up Kane or something like you know, honestly what he's gonna do, he's probably gonna beat up Kane and then they're gonna have a Kane Braun Strowman match. Oh God! I mean, right? I mean, that's what you don't think do. this is the one-off. I mean, you know, Kane's running for office and everything. I mean, this could just be a, a one-off for him. Well, and, to, like, and by the way, here's another thing. And again, I know it's pro wrestling. I know it's whatever, but it, it, it's very obvious that like most people that are ever connected to the internet or whatever are well aware that Glenn Jacobs is you know a real human being that's running for office or whatever. Yeah. So then you have him come out in like the Demon Kane and all that. So you know what I mean? Like it's just I, I don't mean to be like that sort of guy or whatever. And I know it's you're, a story. And now I know you're that, having but, a, now you're having a cornet moment, but I hear you. It's like in this we, day we and age. We talked about the Bullet Club and how that's so yes. transparent and so obvious yes. and they're human beings or whatever. Well, we know the human being Kane is not the demon Kane. And it's like, you know. Right. No, I hear <laughs> you. I mean, there's like, a solid if you want to be the Undertaker, If you want to be the Undertaker and he's a guy who just, you, you don't know what he does in real life. You sometimes see him at grocery store. Like, you know what I mean? Like you don't, or oh, that was you that sent me the grocery store, wasn't it? What, did you send me the grocery store? Take uh, a back, in our, back in our Voices of Wrestling TMZ days, I sent you a picture of Undertaker working out at the gym. That's what it was. Yeah, right. And I sent you, you a so. picture of Mark Henry. <laughs> was like Mark Henry at the self-checkout line. That was <laughs> in front of my brother in the self-checkout line <laughs> at the, uh, at a, uh, at a HEB in Austin, Texas. That's so, right. Know, that was that. But, 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 you know, like, that's all you see of Taker. You see him sometimes at airports, sometimes. But he is, you know, when, when, when you see him as the character of The Undertaker or whatever, you can, you know, in a way you can sort of suspend that disbelief or whatever. 
I don't know that at this point anymore I can, or many people, anybody that's really on the internet or anybody who has any sort of cursory knowledge would be able to suspend disbelief uh, that that Glenn Jacobs is, I mean, especially when you have like Daniel Bryan, like going to his rallies and like on Twitter talking about him and showing pictures of him. Like, you, you know, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just one of the things you want my second Cornette moment. They're not climbing for anything. Why is this a fucking TLC match? Yeah, uh, yeah. I and mean, they do this know, before, and people have been like, well, they get it before. I'm like, I know they fucking did it before. It doesn't make it right. Like, just because they've done it does not make it right. Like, just be, well, Rich is hot. That. No, like, fuck Rich that. Rich is hot. Get him. Rich is hot, finally. It's not just me ranting like a lunatic. Fuck. Rich is hot. Fuck. Like, why is it a table? Why are they, why, what, what necessitates this match being, okay, now we're going to use ladders, and now we're well, going to use a chair fact. at one another. Like, Forget the fact that they're not climbing. What's the heated issue between these two teams? <laughs> well, the Hounds of Justice are going to try to overcome the odds, Joe. I mean, well, this insurmountable. is like... Joe, they are almost insurmountable odds. I, dare I say insurmountable. Are we capping off a year-long feud between these teams? You know, I mean, you know, since the last Battle of Atlanta here. I mean, we're, you know, <laughs> these teams have been, you know, feuding for fucking two weeks. It's one pay-per-view cycle, you know? So yeah, the whole thing is just you know, I don't know. It's just, it, God, you're yeah, gift wrapping, but it's gonna be over, and you're gonna just be like, God damn, damn, damn. it's just like come easy on. and satisfying. Would it be to just have the Shield versus Miz, Cesaro, and Sheamus, and have the Shield win and send every and then move on to whatever you? How easy would that have been? That's all people want. <laughs> all they want is the Shield to go in there and Superman punch the Miz in the face, right? And it's triple power bomb, yeah, and triple power bomb somebody through a table and, and triple yeah. power bomb them. And pin him. That's all the people want. It's it's it. It's like it's laid out before you. It's having pocket aces, and the flop is ace ace two. Right. It's right you, there. Right. And Just go all in. Push right. the chips to the middle. This is this is this is it. What are they I'm doing? I'm trying to think of what this bet would be. The the let's add the demon Kane and Braun Strowman bet would be like yeah. yeah in your so scenario you have where you pocket, have yeah, right. So you have pocket aces. You flop ace, ace, deuce, and you decide to fucking check when it comes around to you because you want to slow play. No, just go all in. Get the fucking money. Like, what are they doing here? Actually, people get what I'm saying, even though maybe it it wouldn't be the best strategy just to go all in like you're blowing your load. But that's not the point here. Everyone gets the point I'm making here. The point here is this is easy. The point is you have a very easy hand and you're probably going to win. So Here's it. You're winning the fucking pot. All right? right? Don't make it complicated is what I'm saying. Okay, forget my awful poker strategy. You're winning the pot here. Yeah, I'm gonna play poker with you because you're like, oh, here we go, all in. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, everyone's folding, uh, you know, instantly. But but yeah, so it's like you're you're gonna win the pot here. Is the point? I, I don't understand. So they have to. I'm, I'm listen. I don't know why I'm doing this. I don't know why I'm doing this, but I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. They have to have some kind of booking thing <laughs> up their sleeve here. They have to. It can't just be Rich. You're, you're it, funny. Yeah, you're good. You're funny. It can't just be the Shield overcoming the damn numbers game and and just winning a match and just yay, yeah. that was a thing that we did. It can't be. There has to be a, an ang- there has to have to be shooting an angle here. They have to be. I hope Seth Rollins just hits him with a chair. <laughs> it's just like we just restart that whole. That would be phenomenal. Uh, only for like, God damn it, Seth. If, if nothing else for the meltdowns, right? Well, there's your TLC preview. Oh god, what if Roman That's turns true. heel on them, Joe? What if that happens? Nah, you know, I think the ship has sailed. Oh. You know, the ship has sailed, and 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 that it's not going to happen, Rich. That would be something, though, if they, they, they beat Braun and then turned him heel anyway. Right. Right? I don't know. All right, Joe. 
got about a half an hour still left of this show. Half hour. But we got one important thing to do here, Joe. Well, what do we got to do? On this show. I thought we were done. I was ready to wrap it up. No. What do we got to do? We have to bounce around the indies. Brand new segment. Brand new. Let's do it. All right. Uh, Joe, you got some good news about uh, your neck of the woods. Indie wrestling. I'm going to College Station. Oh, that's what we're leaving. Oh, yeah. Yes. October 26th. You know, I had wrestling historian, uh, Texas wrestling historian, Dusty Dale Wolf look 